0: Those who can hear me, I say, do not despair. The misery that is now upon us is but the passing of greed, the bitterness of men who fear the way of human progress.
1: Things are really changing. There are good people here. People across North Carolina are proud of the fact that the Democratic Party chose to have a convention here.
2: Don't lose hope no matter what they say, because things are starting to happen.
3: But one thing about South Carolina you can always count on, we're always going to surprise you.
1: In fact, I've always been proud to be a Democrat.
4: We need to recognize that we have an opportunity here in Georgia to take back this state and make it blue again. I think Texas is not only going to turn blue, it's just a question of when.
1: Now that will tell you that
5: we have progressed. Join us as we explore the Southern Progressive Revival.
2: Hello everybody on this Sunday, December 13th, and welcome to Southern Progressive Revival Episode 15. I am your host, Jonathan Matthews, reporting live from Richmond, Kentucky, and this will be our next to last episode until we all take a break for the Christmas holiday. But next week, we're going to be bringing you a holiday pack special that runs the gamut from Hanukkah to Christmas and to Kwanzaa. But enough about the future. This week, we have on Dusty Dion, a Wiccan and political activist fighting Rifra which is the Religious Freedom Restoration Act Laws in Georgia. We talked about that on a previous show, but we will be giving you a refresher this evening, and that will be, of course, at the last hour, as per usual. Uh, We also have a whole slew of stories to bring you tonight, so let's go ahead and get to it. First up, weighing in at Don't Ask, Because She Certainly Won't Tell, Ms. Janet Lee from Lake of the Ozarks area, Missouri. Welcome, Janet.
1: Hey, everybody. Nice to be here in this rainy, rainy day.
2: Yes, it's been so nasty, but that is all right because you bring a little bit of sunshine into all of our lives, Miss Jenna.
1: Aw, sweetie peety. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and uh, last but certainly not least, the cool weight belt holder from Nashville, Tennessee, Mr. Joey Word. Welcome, sir.
6: Hey, guys. It was beautiful down here today. It's 75 degrees. Oh, well, we're all going to have to come down to Tennessee then. Uh, yeah, but it's supposed to get cold like next week. It's supposed to hit down in the 40s, so uh, oh, we're awesome. enjoying this little beautiful weather while we can.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's nice to have yeah. the break while you can. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, yep. sir. Yep, temperature's supposed to be slowly climbing, and uh, I yesterday was pretty nice. I got all my Christmas shopping done, so that was good. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully we will have a uh, somewhat normal winter eventually. I doubt we will have a white Christmas, but that is okay. Uh, I, want one. I don't You don't want, want one? one. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I uh-huh. want Liam to see snow. I think it would be fun.
6: No. We haven't saw real know. snow here in years.
2: Oh, I know. It's usually just ice down here in the south, yeah. so mm-hmm. yeah, that is never fun.
1: I hate ice. <laughs>
7: Mm-hmm.
1: I hate ice. I don't like the snow. At least the snow melts pretty yeah. quick. Yeah. You know, the ice kind of hangs on. But I don't want a snow like uh, Trojan, who's in the chat room, had, was it last year I think they had? 108 inches or? Ooh, 108 inches. I think it was 108. Was that 108 inches, Trojan? Can you type yes, no, something? Good Yeah, land. it was... Um, yeah, he's in the Boston area, and they just got hammered.
2: Gosh, I will tell you, I lived in uh, Waltham for a while uh, a few years ago, and uh, we got some pretty bad snow. Nothing like that, but sheesh. Yeah, I, Trojan
1: says yeah. yes. <laughs>
7: <laughs>
2: he he. You can keep it, sir.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I think it was in the spring. The last of it melted. Oh wow. Yeah, it was like, and Trojan said all at once.
2: Good, Lance. <coughs> I'ma tell. I'ma tell you I what. A hard
1: time calling him Trojan because I call him Paul. All the time. I understand. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what. Hey, you Bruce.
2: could
1: say. <laughs> oh wait, he said the snow pile lasted into July. I'm sorry, I said April. It was Whoa, July. July.
2: Yeah. That is insane. Hey, I say, you, you can say a lot of bad things about the South, but one thing that we do have going for us is that we're pretty much ready to swim by April, so. Um.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> and ACs start coming on in March.
2: Yes, way. ma'am. Pretty yep. much. Uh, down here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Oh, so. he's
1: saying it's 60s there today. Okay. I'm, oh. I'm, yeah.
2: So it is quite unseasonably warm for all of our listeners.
1: Not here. It's oh. cold and wet.
2: I'm sorry. We, yeah. we will have to all pull our, our funds together and send Janet a nice blanket. All right. So. <laughs> <laughs> but let us go ahead and start off the show tonight as we usually do with our good news segment with the gentlefolk and situations.
8: We would do a disservice to those warriors of justice, Tubman and Douglas and Lincoln and King. Were we to deny that the scars of our nation's original sin are still with us today? We condemn ourselves to shackles once more if we fail to answer those who wonder if they're truly equals in their communities or in their justice systems or in a job interview. We betray the efforts of the past if we fail to push back against bigotry in all its forms.
3: Gentlefolk and Situations.
2: All right, everybody, welcome to Gentlefolk and Situations. And the audio on our bed this week was, of course, from President Barack Obama, who was speaking on the 150th anniversary of the passing of the 13th Amendment to the Constitution, which states that neither slavery nor involuntary servitude, except as a punishment for crime whereof the party shall have been duly convicted, shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction. Uh, so that was the banning of slavery and as we all know that was not the end of the fight not then not during the civil rights era and it certainly is not today uh and i think that president barack obama very eloquently there was a lot more to that speech than what was simply in the jingle but he very eloquently put that it would do a disservice if we just kept it as that and pretended that that was the victory although a victory it certainly was um but there's a long road to toll so We've got to You've keep got way to
6: go forward. And, Ooh, and yeah. also,
1: too, up. the Supreme Court, it sounds like they're going to cut back or destroy the, um, you know, the uh, being able to look at people's race or mm-hmm. gender to, you know, to get into colleges and stuff. I can't even think of what that is. My Affirmative mind.
2: action?
6: Affirmative action, mm. yes. They're, they're listening to that, and from what I'm hearing, it doesn't sound good. Yeah. It sounds yeah, they like... Yeah, the- they already wiped their ass with the 65 Voting Rights Act, so why not? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, gosh, and who was, who was the justice that was caught on audio saying that African Americans were better off in...
9: Scalia.
2: S- yeah, Scalia, the man who believes that... All black people are idiots and should be in slower colleges because they cannot handle intense academic programs.
1: And Thomas is going right along with him. Not surprising. Uh, Kagan had to recuse herself because she was the one that prosecuted the schools for not doing affirmative action. Mm -hmm. So right now, it doesn't look good for our side.
2: It does not, unfortunately. I do...
1: And ho- it was a bogus case to even bring up. Mm-hmm. This girl, Fisher, had crappy grades. Yeah. You know, it it's like, oh, I just want to smack them. I just want to smack her.
2: That, that seems to be really popular lately, you know, blaming one person for the actions of their entire ethnic group.
6: Hey, man, that's been going on for a long time,
2: bro. Unless you're
1: a white male and crazy and go out and do a mass murder.
2: Of course. Because No white people can be blamed for that at all. Oh, no. No. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, this... That's wrong. (laughs) This snarky commentary brought to you by the good people (laughs) at Southern Progressive Revival. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sir uh yes but uh yes we did uh sort of go off on a tangent there but i think that that was good to cover and uh definitely brings about the fact that these are conversations that we still need to be having fights that we need to continue uh if the supreme court decision ultimately does not land on the side of affirmative action then i hope that we do indeed get out the vote whether it be bernie whether it be hillary whether it be martin o'malley So that we can keep the Supreme Court in the hands of liberal justices Or, in fact, move it into the hands of liberal justices And uh, actually get actionable change accomplished So,
1: without any Vote blue, as Sue Cohen says
2: Absolutely Yes, and of course, Sue Cohen was on the program last week She did a wonderful job And uh, Sue, if you're listening, you're welcome, anytime Uh, But for something that is definitively a good story uh, and this is something that Janet will be reading to us this evening, which is her wonderful talent, as I'm sure most, and as I'm sure you all feel the same way, I, I do love it when Janet gets to speak for <laughs> long periods of time. She has a very nice voice.: um. <laughs> I love to hear
6: her read, you know, read you know what I'm saying? I love to hear her read out uh, stuff like that, man. It's, she sounds pretty cool. I know, it's
1: nice. Well, thank you, guys. Yeah. We should, we should
2: get, like, a story time going on the network. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: There, there you go.
2: That would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, she will be reading a letter for all of us tonight. This doesn't have any audio because this was just written up on a blog, but I think that it deserves to be discussed because it's a beautiful thing uh, from a white Southern uh, veteran, Christian. Yes.
1: Yeah.
2: So, Janet, name, take it away.
1: Yes. His name is David Swan. Um, And there was another one too that I really liked, but I couldn't find that. So I'm going to be reading you David's. I am an American, a Christian, and a U.S. Army soldier. I am white. I grew up in the South and I love Jesus, as well as the life of freedom and prosperity that my country has enabled me to have. I have fought in Iraq and I lost several really good friends there. I don't hate you. I don't fear you, I don't want you to leave this country. I want to know you, your heart, your struggles, your joys. I want you to come over to my house for barbecues. I want our children to be friends and play in the backyard together. I want you to join my fantasy football league. I want you to give you crap and make fun of you for not picking Marshwan Lynch in the first round of the draft when you had the opportunity. I want you to give me crap when it turns out you were right, because Marshawn Lynch kind of sucks this year. I want to share mutual respect with you. We share a common enemy in the radical Islamists. They want to drive us apart and fear each other. They want our children to grow up hating my children. They want you to believe our way of life is evil and that we must be punished for it. They produce a barrage of Internet propaganda aimed at isolating your children from those not like them, in an attempt to recruit them to do evil in their behalf. Every terrorist attack against innocent people in this world is an attack against peace and normalcy. It's designed to stir a violent response from those attacked and create more hatred between us and them. Sadly, it is working. It's producing the full range of human fear responses toward Arab-looking people. From subtle sense of suspicion and unease communicated with sideways glances at each other on the street, to full-scale ISIS Islamophobia and racism, I want to believe that we as Christians could follow the example of Christ and show love to you as well as your people suffering in this refugee crisis in Syria by opening our homes and communities to you. We are failing at this because of our fear and distrust our enemies are willingly creating. This growing divide between our cultures makes recruiting more difficult, disinfected Muslim youth ever easier for them. To anyone reading this letter, Christian, Muslim, Jew, atheist, or whatever, we simply cannot let them win. We can't allow them to make us hate each other. Fear and hate are the most effective weapons, and we must neutralize them in order to break the cycle. If you truly want peace, I challenge you to befriend someone on the other side. Let's have a joint church, church moss cookout in a park where our kids can chase each other around and argue over who gets to be Elsa, Anna, Kristoff, and Prince Hans. We need to learn about each other's lives and differences. I believe we will find that there aren't as many differences as one might think. We all want to make a living, raise our families in a safe place, and live in peace. Unfortunately, there are some wolves out there that will not stop killing sheep until they are put down. Please don't blame us for using our staff to protect the flock. Please follow that when it comes to terrorism, I consider all peace-loving people part of the flock, regardless of race, religion, or nationality. That includes you, of course. War is hell. But as Edmund Burke said, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. If there happen to be any Muslims reading this that have already been radicalized, I feel sorry for you. You have bought into a lie. You have been promised a glory for your actions that do not exist. We take no joy in killing you, but we will do it because you have forced our hand. We will reduce Daesh to an impotent and ineffective shell of what it once was, just as we have with Al Qaeda. The world will not know your names, but your families will undoubtedly mourn your loss. May God have mercy on your souls, respectively, David Swan. Update. Wow, I am so humbled by how this letter has traveled around the world in the last few days. I'm receiving messages of support from every corner of the globe right now. To keep the conversation going, use the hashtag, Dear Muslims, and let's see how far it can go. If you're interested in my future postings... Follow David Swan on Medium or at David Swan on Twitter. Additionally, an Army buddy and I are now launching a blog called 30mikemike.com where people that think like us can share what we think it means to be an American. Thanks for reading.
2: And I think that that deserves a round of applause.
6: so you know that was awesome
2: it was awesome that. yeah beautiful beautiful letter and and you can read into it and you can see that he's probably an individual that does want to go to war however this isn't the kind of person that's bought into this right-wing flavor of hatred that is covering the waves on every major media outlet and the fact that he can do this that he can openly come out as as a white southerner when so many white southerners are uh accused of being racist and and being hateful and despising others that aren't like themselves and there are many that are that way but it's not all of us and i think that he's a shining example of that so i'm very glad um i know he's not the only person that feels this way i know that nobody on this program feels this way and I hope that many more individuals like himself will step forward and will show love and compassion as we ought to as a nation, as we should, um, as our Constitution speaks to. And it's, it's just a beautiful thing.
6: I love it. Yes. That. Mm-hmm. That's awesome, man. And it's great, dude. That was a beautiful letter. That was beautiful. Oh, yeah. And, you know, people like that is going to change this country for the better if we all just stood together and stand up.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I like how people are starting to push back now. And when, yeah. I think it has a lot more impact when it's people that have gone over there and fought and come back.
2: Oh, absolutely. Too. Mm-hmm.
1: You yeah. know, and just the average person. Mm. You know, I went over there, I don't hate them. You know, so the Islamic extremism, yes, maybe, but not Muslims. Because we can all say that Fundies, the ones that are going in and murdering, don't represent all Christians, just as the Daesh does not represent all Muslims.
2: Absolutely. Right. Yep. And Benjamin Netanyahu certainly does not represent all Jews. So, um,
10: <laughs> good old BB. Um, <laughs> yeah.
2: But yeah, extremism in, in any faith is an incredibly dangerous thing. And holding the whole accountable for the actions of a few is wrong. It's inherently racist. It's something that, unfortunately, we've done over and over as a country. Um, and I do hope that eventually those that, you know, it's it's not a majority, thankfully, but those that do support the sort of hateful and un-American rhetoric that Donald Trump has been coming out with lately, stating that we should ban all Muslims from the country, uh become fewer and fewer by the day so you know it's uh it's a terrible time to be a muslim so if you have a muslim uh friend if you have a muslim neighbor reach out to them show them love and compassion because right now they need it more than ever
7: oh yeah that's right
2: all right so so that was a very inspiring letter and we have a little bit of additional Supreme Court news tonight. Uh, there is a blog called theconstitutioncenter.org. Um, and on this blog, they, they talk about, of course, various things concerning the Supreme Court. Uh, but this one particular entry that we took a look at, this one also doesn't have audio because this came from a blog, was about their refusal to hear about a assault weapons ban. Um... And on this, uh, there was a lot of really interesting commentary. Uh, really, what I thought was probably the most interesting, and uh, this, of course, was a case that came out of Chicago, um, presently there's a law that bans assault weapons on the type that fire one shot with each pull of the trigger, which is known as a semi-automatic weapon, in contrast to a repeating machine gun. Uh, the ordinance also bans bullet magazines carrying more than 10 rounds eight states and a number of major cities including new york city san francisco and washington dc have similar bans on assault weapons um of course normally it takes a few years for major constitutional issues to work it's their way up to the justices it doesn't take that long for sequel cases to reach the court um now it's not been that long ago since the supreme court did indeed Take a case on the Second Amendment, and they did decide that it did mean that people had the right to uh, hold and bear arms. And after ten days of deliberation, when they decided not to hear this case out of Chicago, there were there really wasn't a very much of a reason giving, and that left a lot of people to speculate on why that might be. Um, probably the most interesting bit of speculation that I saw. And what interested me the most is that the court is extremely divided on it and that there is the possibility that a lot of judges are having an evolution in the way that they see this, because ultimately, if they were to hear this case, then it would be putting restrictions on this right that they established when they interpreted the Second Amendment. So with this internal debate going on, where is that going to lead us? What is that going to lead to in the future? Um, it's going to be really interesting to see, um, Joey, I would really like to get, you know, your, your comments on it. I know that, uh, when we've spoken in the past about black lives matter and things like that, you, you, you know, you've said that in general, you have, you don't take any issue with it, but, uh, you think that there needs to be something done about black on black violence and that you don't think that it sufficiently, goes after that issue. Um, so laws like that in Chicago, where there is a ban in place for assault weapons, for semi-automatic weapons, um, are, are you glad that the Supreme Court decided not to hear this case and that that's still in, in place?
6: Oh uh, Well, you know, it's, you know, crim- you know criminals are going to get a gun regardless. You know that, you know. But it need to be more tougher laws on the criminal who get caught with that type of weapon. You know, you know, you know, you know these gang members and everything, peoples in gangs. You know, they gonna run. They gonna run across uh AK forty seven with with a you know forty to fifty round clip. You know, but you know, it's just mixed feelings about it. You know, but I'm I'm for it. I'm for it.
2: I understand completely. Um, you know, and if if indeed somebody has their mindset on it. It's not that difficult to go to another state or to another jurisdiction where the gun laws aren't that tight. There's
6: no problem at all. You know, like here here in Nashville, you know, they have gun shows like every other three months or so. And you can go in that gun show and buy anything, almost anything, you know, without even showing, you know, you can show your ID. You can't take any loaded weapons in there. You can take your own weapon. You can't take it loaded. And you can buy all kind of weapons in there without background checks. You can buy bullets and everything, you know, mm-hmm. with our background checks. And
2: yeah, that good old oh, yes. gun show loophole.
6: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they got it down here, and just you know, at the fairgrounds. I'd have been there a couple of times, you know, because I'm a gun owner myself. Mm-hmm. And I was curious about what these, you know, what a few people got, you know, and what they're selling, you know, you know. Even though when I pulled in the parking lot, all I seen was four wheel drive pickup trucks with bumper stickers saying "No Obama" and. <laughs> oh. Oh, uh, it's most of the white right wingers in there, you know. Mostly. Yeah. But I don't get paid no man, you know. I'm I'm legal just like you guys, you know. There you go.
2: <laughs> you just do what you do.
6: Yeah, but you know, but the thing up in Chicago, they they need to do something because, you know, it, uh, you know the lay. I think it was the Labor Day weekend, mm-hmm. I think. And you know, over forty people got shot over this weekend. Now, over forty people got shot, and nine people got killed. mm-hmm Oh, I think it was Labor Day. I don't know, Labor Day weekend. Memorial Day, Labor Day. I think it was one of them days, you know. Yeah. But, you know, it was they need to do something up there. They they really do because it's, it's too many too many young black kids up there killing each other. And you know, I thought them guys out, out like on the West Coast was, you know, crazy. <laughs> Put it that way crazy. by killing up one another with gang colors and all, but them them guys up in Chicago, who. Uh, I never visit that town. And go to the wrong spot, you know. <laughs> I understand. Mistake identity. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so they need to do something up there. That's one of the problems I have with Black Lives Matter. Y'all just focusing <clears throat> on the the cops, I, which I can understand. But you know, is 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 a whole lot of a whole lot of blacks out there killing each other, you know? And, but we and, can and, still
1: and walk and chew gum at the same time, and yeah. so if, if we get good background checks and individual states start doing the bans like they're starting to do in, in um, there's eight states now that have banned assault rifles
7: mm-hmm. which
1: is why the, there's been seven different cases that have been brought up to the Supreme Court to try to get Heller even opened up further you know to stop states from doing that and the Supreme Court mm-hmm. You know, is refusing to hear
6: them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't think it'll happen here in Nashville or here in Tennessee, period, because they will fight tooth and nail to, to not to, to not change the law, to keep it the way it is. Yes,
2: yeah. as long as it's in the hands of the states, ultimately, you know. That, yeah, they're it, gonna it's... fight
6: tooth and nail here. You know, they they oh, yeah. continue to to sell assault weapons, and they're gonna continue to have them, them them gun loopholes, and they're gonna continue right. to have those. You know those those gun shows and stuff. But
1: like Caitlin says, which is a great point that she thinks that the focus is on the cops because they are an authority. I mean, it's one thing to have, you know, white on white, there's white on white crime where people are killing each other, black on black. I mean, people kill people that look like them. I mean, mm-hmm. let's face yeah, it.
6: Most definitely. Mm-hmm.
1: But you don't mm-hmm. expect someone that's there to protect you and an authority to Turn around and kill you, like, um, you know, just shoot you up like you're a target on a target range. Yeah, that's
6: true. You know, I'm, I don't have anything against, trust me, I don't have anything against Black Lives Matter. I don't, I, I love right. what they're doing, mm-hmm. but they do need to do on that, and they need to do more on this black on black crime, too. Right. You know, because it's more of us, but, it's more of us dying on with each other's hands than the cops killing us in one year.
1: Yeah, well, um. Joe, you know, and Joe, my 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 sister Joe <laughs> said her concern is for murder resolution rate. So um they'll change the subject instead of a lot. That's true, Bruce. Mm-hmm. So we've got there's just too many too many people that the cops are killing. And yes, there is black on black crime and that's got to be stopped, but you also have to, you know, to me that that's also economics. In a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's almost like we have our own little homegrown ta- Taliban. I, I, don't wanna, I shouldn't have said that. Um, people get sucked into doing what they... I know people, white people here in this area, slinging drugs now that you would never have thought of doing that. They're white.
6: Yeah, they're slinging dope. Yeah, that's another thing, too. The war on drugs they, is a but, farce.
1: Yeah, but they're doing it to earn money.
6: Yeah. yeah, people are resorting to that right now. You know, a whole lot of yeah, people. I
1: mean, doing that. so, yeah, and like this is a small county. There have been murders over dope, but not <clears> like <throat> in Chicago, which is a yeah. huge metropolitan area.
7: Mm-hmm.
1: We only have this little area. You stay off my block. The drugs sold in this block are mine.
7: Mm-hmm.
1: Here, I mean, I don't know what they do. You know, I don't know how they divide it out. <laughs>
6: <You> know, yeah, <laughs> so, but
1: I'm sure that it's done. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's terrorism, no matter what it is, domestic or. I think it's a form of terrorism, and and you're right, the war on drugs has been done for the uh, militarized country, the police and. Yeah.
10: A money-making sure
1: machine. Money ma- and to me, it's servitude. When you go back to the um, amendment, you know, thou shalt not, what is it, the 15th Amendment? That we talked about throwing people in jail. That's servitude.
7: Mm-hmm.
2: It absolutely is. <clears throat> no, 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 no. Went
1: all around a little park. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. Nope, nope. All right,
6: that's cool. <laughs>
1: yep. I
2: understand exactly where you're coming from, and yeah, and it
1: is. Know, I'm gonna mm. let
6: everybody know. I really, I don't have, I don't hate Black Lives Matter that way. I don't hate them. I love what they're doing, but they need to do more on this black on black crime because they say black all black lives matter. You know what I'm saying? If it's blacks out there killing blacks. They lives matter too.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if, if, if in any way I insinuated that Joey did not support the Black Lives Matter movement, I apologize right, I sincerely. Oh,
1: no. um, but like Joe said, too, if a person get, is a murderer, they need to get arrested. Yeah, and it seems right. that folks who have been victimized, um, if, they're, if they're white, you know they're going to get the money to solve the cases. Black-on-black black crime is sometimes seen as an oh-well, and the killer's gang proliferate.
2: Absolutely.
6: Well, well, it's like you know, or the average racist person will say, "Oh, I'll just kill two birds with one st- stone." I'm a, and, and excuse my language here. There's one nigga dead and one nigga locked up, so we just killed two po- two uh, uh, just killed two birds with one stone. Mm. So you know so, we got we got to stop this. You know what I'm saying? Right. We got to stop this.
1: Right.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, uh, I'm going to go a tiny bit over here. Before, I know we're late for break, but um, you know, l- looking at stuff like that. It it's it's really a shame that the way that our country works with public defenders, the people that we are putting up there to defend individuals that can't afford to be represented by a decent lawyer, which in a lot of cases are African-Americans and Latinos and other minorities, you know, there's a reason why they're going to prison. They don't have the money to get the big city lawyers and those that have the education and the know-how. And it's inherently Unfair, it's inherently corrupt, and something really needs to be done about it. It's another part of systemic racism, in my opinion. Um, I don't know how everybody else feels, but if that's something that we can't reform, then we are never going to be able to give our brothers and sisters from the Latino and black community a fair chance in court.
6: That's right. I haven't I seen a whole lot of people being railroaded over our system. You know, and you know they yeah they were doing wrong, had drugs and whatnot. You know, I knew a guy who 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 got twenty years just just for a ten dollar crack rock. Oh wow! You Jeez. know, he got twenty years for that.
2: And you know, the sad thing is that doesn't surprise me.
6: Yeah, it won't. It doesn't surprise me either. You know, but yeah. you know they go. You know th- that's why I say this war on drugs thing is a farce. It is. And this is a target against minorities and poor people. It is. Absolutely.
2: All right. Uh, Well, we are going to go ahead and go to break. And when we get back, we have some positive news about the African-American community. (laughs) When Joey brings us this week's Voices of Our Black Past, Present, and Future. So we'll be right back after this break here on Southern Progressive Revival.
3: You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival.
10: And we know Democrats support the working men and women of this country, so we understand hard work. So let's talk a little bit about ideas and how we reclaim ideas that we know win in red states.
3: Southern Progressive Revival at Indy Media Weekly Radio.
10: Hey everybody, Kim Williams here, proprietor of IndieMediaWeekly.com and Media Weekly Radio. We invite you to check out Ready to Fight for Liberals and Justice, a Facebook community that many of us are a part of here at IndieMedia Weekly. Many of our contributors and listeners are as well. So if you're a fan of Facebook, you should check out Ready to Fight for Liberals and Justice and join us. We are Ready to Fight, and we hope you are too. And we hope to see you there. Just search for Ready to Fight for Liberals and Justice anytime you're on Facebook.
4: are you ready for the fastest hour in radio listen every thursday from 9 to 10 p.m eastern to paul's memory bank exclusively on indie media weekly dj paul will serve up a mix of classic rock pop and novelty music all tied together with a weekly theme be sure to sign up in the paul's memory bank chat simply go to indiemediaweekly.com, select the live tab and scroll down to paul's memory bank paul's memory bank live every thursday from 9 to 10 p.m eastern only on indie media weekly
1: Don't miss Musical Mayhem with Lauren Mayer. Topical comedy songs and commentary from your friendly local humorist, songwriter, and opinionated Jewish mother. You can catch the show right here on Indie Media Weekly on Mondays and Wednesdays at 9.30 a.m., Thursdays at 8 p.m., right after the Tim Coromall Show. You can catch my weekly comedy videos on my YouTube channel, Psycho Supermom, and order CDs through most major retailers as well as my website, laurenmayer.com. So join us for Musical Mayhem, where music, politics, and comedy intersect. So now...
3: You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival.
1: We're the people you see every day in the grocery stores, we obey the laws, we pay our taxes, we fly our flags on holidays, and we plot along trying to make it better for ourselves and our children.
3: Southern Progressive Revival at Indy Media Weekly Radio.
2: All right, everybody. Welcome back to Southern Progressive Revival. I am your host, Jonathan Matthews. Uh, you may have heard during the break that advertisement for Sci-Fi Double Feature. And if you are a regular listener, you may have noticed last Saturday night... Uh, Sunday night rather I apologize that that did not play on time uh there was a little bit of an issue with the mechanisms behind the scene which plays our pre-recorded comment uh content uh that has since been rectified so I promise that it will air tonight on time and by the end of the show I hope to have an announcement as to what tonight's double feature will be uh so with all of that out there I want to welcome back to the program the man of the half hour Mr. Joey Word from Nashville Tennessee
6: hey everyone
2: thank you sir and of course last but not least our very own ms producer janet lee from lake of the ozarks area missouri who we will introduce with her jingle
5: janet became a star literally overnight she had not gone looking for fame fame had found her
11: i know that i cannot put up with a whole weekend of your archaic views
5: you don't want to make me mad now do you
11: it is never too
4: late to run away janet lee on southern progressive revival
9: well i am a modern woman i'm more afraid of her than i am of janet lee <laughs>
7: <laughs> i
9: just
1: love that jingle
7: <laughs>
2: it is a beautiful thing i must say <laughs> oh gosh and kenny's reading was on point point. one day i will get down that wonderful announcer voice hopefully we will see but uh joey are you ready sir Yes, sir. All right, let's roll that jingle.
11: Voices of our black past, present, and future with Joey Word. We have come here from the dusty plantations of the deep south. There
6: have been many of our people across the country from all walks of life who have taken it upon themselves to try and pull their
0: ideas. It was the 31st of August in that 18 of us traveled 26 miles to the county courthouse in Indianola to try to register to become first-class citizens.
8: I've had a number of threatening calls, people calling me saying they were going to kill me.
0: My mother
7: explained racism and segregation to me. And what she said, and I'll never forget this. She said, this is not the way things are supposed to be. This might be the way they are now, but they are not supposed to be this way.
2: All right, Joey, take it away, sir.
6: I love that jingle. Oh, uh, uh, <clears throat> Our uh, hero for the week is he's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a man from my hometown. He was born here in Nashville, Tennessee, and his name is Benjamin Pap Singleton. Pap P A P. He was born a slave in 1809. After and uh, but after 37 years of bondage, he escaped to freedom. He made uh, he, he made Detroit his home and operated a secret boarding house for other escaped slaves. Following emancipation, an, uh, uh, he uh, returned to his native home here in Nashville, Tennessee. After the Civil War, African-Americans in the South enjoyed the rights and privileges of American citizenship. But when the federal troops were removed, their rights were no longer secure. The Ku Klux Klan emerged to strike terror and death to blacks who refused to submit to their will. A sharecropping system virtually re-enslaved black tenant farmers because uh, Kansas was famous for uh, John Brown's efforts and its struggle against slavery, uh, Pap Singleton considered uh, the, the state a new Canaan, and he was like, they say, the Black Moses, would lead his people to a promised land. He traveled through the South organizing parties to colonize in Kansas. He distributed uh, promotional posters and handbills, which, uh, which touted uh, sunny Kansas as one of the finest countries for poor men in the world, with plenty of stone and water and wood on the streams. One poster described large tracts of land, peaceful homes and firesides, undistributed by anyone. Between between 1877 and 1879, nearly 300 African-Americans followed him to Kansas. Some lived in uh, in Singleton's uh, colony in Cherokee County. Others settled in Wayandoet in Topeka's Tennessee town and Dunlop Colony near uh, uh, present Emporia. Singleton av- advocated the organized colonization of blacks in communities like Nicodemus first settled in uh, 1877. A second wave, nearly 20,000 African-Americans came to Kansas in 1879 and 1880. Unlike the first groups, a group of immigrants that had resources and arrived in smaller or uh, organized groups, these exodus... Had no money, and they arrived daily by the hundreds. The communities in which they uh, tried to settle were already struggling economically, and were and were not uh, prepared for such a spike in you know in the population. the um, The communities uh, appealed to the state government for assistance resulting in the creation of Kansas Freedmen's uh, Relief Association in uh, 1879. The mission of the KFRA was to uh, collect and distrib- distrib- distribute uh, resources for struggling African Americans in Kansas. Although many African Americans came unprepared, most who uh, remained, Uh, were able to improve the quality of their lives and make important contributions to the state and the communities in which they lived. You know, known uh, as Pap Benjamin Singleton, he died in uh, 1900. Though his last years, he took great comfort and pride in the role he played as father of Negro Exodus, you know, uh, like I said, you know, like I said before, you know, guys, uh, you know, even though we endured a whole lot in this country, you know, um, uh, this, is our, this is my country. This is your country. This is our country. Let's come together and make it a better country. I know we all don't agree, but we can uh, agree to disagree with love and respect, not hate and disrespect. Thanks, guys. I like that fellow, you know, he, uh, you know, he, uh, interested me, you know, so I just wanted to do him this week.
2: No, I'm, I'm very glad that you did. And it's always good to hear that there are heroes from your hometown of Nashville, Tennessee, because you were our hero, Joey. Uh,
6: thank you, man. You are too, brother.
2: Oh, <laughs> <folks. laughs> thank you very much. Uh, but yeah, that was really great. Uh, Janet, are yes. you there, ma'am? Okay, good. Very, very good. Um, so, have you been familiar with Pap Singleton before, or?
1: No, I'd never heard of him.
2: Yeah, I hadn't either. But that's really interesting. That you know the the idea of a new Canaan uh, in Kansas. That's really, really cool. Yeah,
6: yeah He was he uh, he was born in eighteen oh nine in Nashville, Tennessee. He passed away in February seventeenth, nineteen hundred, in Kansas City, Missouri. Yeah, he lived a pretty he lived a pretty long life, especially for those days. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Wow. That so. is astounding. And <laughs> Joey.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, I'm just getting some thank yous and that was great in the chat.
6: I mean, Oh, thanks. Thanks everybody. Thank you. I, <laughs>
1: yeah, I've never heard of a a Canaan a new Canaan or But I you know that is uh thinking outside the box, you know? it is
2: you know and, and like Joey said in the uh, article that he read from you know that sharecropping it really was like a new form of
6: slavery yeah it was because they yeah, so were was, it was people you know it was, it was the whole lot of my elders you know died literally you know mm-hmm. from just working just constantly and, and, and it was most places where they just dumped their bodies in creeks and everything they wouldn't even give them a proper burial
7: mm-hmm.
6: you know it, it was that rough man Back in yep. them days, and you know, this guy's a hero, man, for for you know migrating those you know free you know the, you know them uh, escaped slaves and stuff, you know. Absolutely, and I admire that. Oh yeah, and, and I'm I, glad this is my hometown. <laughs> where well, he was born here. <laughs>
1: and I had heard uh, today, even I think it was on, um, Wilmer Leon's between the issues, or you know, he's on every Sunday. Had a gal that was saying that, I think it was in Mississippi, it might have been Tennessee, but I think it was in Mississippi where they found a mound of bones, where when people had died, the slaves died and stuff, or after they'd gotten shot or hung Mm -hmm. people, they just threw them in ditches or, like, just, you know, piles. Yeah. And they found bones. I'm just like, oh my. God, you know, man's inhumanity to man is just.
6: Yeah, it was pretty rough back in them days. I don't know what the, I, it was, you know, them people, you, the way we look at it now, them people was demons themselves, you know, the way they treat. Absolutely.
1: My Absolutely. And how it do you hell, do I that? know it was
6: hell on earth for, for, for man, but we made it, you know, we, we made it. And, you know, barely, but we still got, we still struggling. We still got to yeah. struggle out there, y'all.
1: Well, and still you, structured. yeah, yeah, and just thirteen percent of the population too here. Yeah, so eighty percent of us in the
6: penitentiaries, all and the penitentiaries, eighty percent African American.
7: Yeah, mm. can't
1: afford to lose anymore. But I, you know, that's that's by design. That throwing them in the pen. I mean, they can't kill them now, so yeah, they figured out other ways.
6: Oh, well, yeah. yeah. Like I I told Kenny a while back, it's it's not Jim Crow anymore. It's James Crow Esquire. Esquire. More sophisticated with their racism these days. I got that from uh, the Black Eagle. Black Eagle, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Props to him. And that's true. I love that show.
2: It is very true. They are certainly getting a lot more sophisticated, uh, particularly with the Tea Party. And, uh, you know, they... (laughs) <laughs> Not that you can call them very sophisticated But they are at least a modicum more sophisticated Than the Ku Klux Klan But the only difference between them and the Klan As Kenny has pointed out on his show many times Is that they are uh, You know the Klan Is at least honest about the fact that they're racist So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But,
6: yeah, I, I read this article and I was like, "Wow, you know, I ain't never heard of him. Maybe nobody else ain't heard of him. So I just go ahead and run with it." There you go. <laughs>
2: and that is why you are our senior historian for the show. So.
6: <laughs> you, I do like history, though, man. I always Eat. like history better than math. <laughs> oh, yeah. me
2: too. I I was oh gosh, I was terrible at math. I don't even want to go into that.
6: <laughs> <laughs> I was bad man <laughs>
2: the struggle is real but, <laughs> yeah. but history i love history yep. i
6: don't give a damn if it's bad or good you know you can learn from it you mm-hmm. know and keep from making mistakes you know you know Absolute. like you know they just said if you don't learn about history you know what I'm saying it's to repeat itself so everybody get out there and learn you know learn your history yes sir and Bruce says he's
1: 100 miles from north of nashville and that it's sick how prejudiced folks
6: are. Mm. Oh yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah.
6: It is really yeah. sad.
2: But you know, we we work together. Have to keep to, working
6: at it. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. We still we we still got our good Southerners like us, and you know my friends. and, well, and we <laughs>
1: we just got to remember we got to get out and vote because yeah. the sickos are twenty percent, which is a huge number of the population. And um, there's more of us than them. And yes, they've done everything they can to keep us from voting and uh, gerrymandering and trying to just run the gamut of voter suppression laws. And we just have to keep fighting until everything turns over.
6: Yeah, that's why we need to get uh, more like people leaning to the left in the Supreme Court. That's why we need a Democrat in the White House.
1: Yes, and they're saying that... Them guys ain't
6: going to last there forever. They ain't going to be there forever.
1: No, and they're saying this is one of their last chances to win the White House. And they know it, which is why they're fighting so hard.
6: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because once
1: that turn turns, it's gone.
6: And that's why we got to get out there and fight harder. Yeah. Because, you know, know, my mother always told me, you know, uh, good will always prevail over evil. And always, when the when the things my mind
1: grandma used to say when the tough get going, no, when things get tough the tough get going. Mm-hmm. So we just got to keep going.
7: And,
6: you know, like the right wing, they, they biggest persona, and they and I give them they props forward though. Now, the way they win is through fear and hate.
1: And shutting mm-hmm. down the media.
6: That's mm-hmm. why Indie Media like
1: Weekly is so important, and yeah. all of our independent
6: stations. Yep right yeah that's and why i'm glad uh, i'm here with you guys <laughs> yes and we're glad you're with us
2: absolutely <laughs> <laughs> it makes life much better so that we can oh, keep on fighting together
6: yeah, yeah shoot. we're all soldiers in this fight man yes indeed. i'm in the trenches okay. with y'all yes sir well, we're there with you <laughs> right
7: <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right so we are Done with that a little bit ahead of schedule, but um I wanted to start in on uh, a story that we didn't get to initially cover in uh our first segment, Gentle Folk and Situations, uh, which comes to us (laughs) from Yeah, you can already hear that Janet is very excited to talk about this. Uh this (laughs) (laughs) this comes to us from the state of Oklahoma. Uh former Officer Daniel Holtzclaw with the Oklahoma City Police Department had been accused of sexually assaulting a number of African-American women, 13 to be precise, and some of those charges included sexual battery, lewd exhibition, forcible oral sodomy, rape in the first degree, and rape in the second degree. Now, we do have some audio for this, so I'm going to go ahead and play the first one. And this is not from a news source or anything like that, but I still thought that it was very compelling. Janet found it, so I give her kudos for that. Uh, And the question was asked, why should this case matter to everyone? So we are going to go ahead and play that response now.
10: This case brings together every vulnerability that makes black women particularly vulnerable uh, to state-sanctioned violence and, in particular, sexual abuse. Uh, The fact that Daniel Holtzklok could possibly think that he could get away with raping 13 or more black women tells us everything we need to know about the fact that black women are vulnerable, they're not believed, uh, our communities don't uh, often feel comfortable speaking to sexual abuse that black women face. So this has got to be the case that shows us, number one, that we can't afford to talk about state-sanctioned violence without talking about rape. It should also tell us that we can't afford to exclude black women for our movement, within our movement of accountability. And we can't afford to let the rapes of black women not be a national issue. There should be thousands of people here demanding accountability, and there should be media here to ensure that.
2: it happens. Amen.
7: Mm.
2: Yeah. I mean, I I do not think that providing the case for why this should matter to everybody, regardless of your gender or your ethnicity, uh, could have been put any better than she put it. Um, You know, black women are incredibly vulnerable, not only because they are women, but also because they are black. And- The Black Lives Matter movement, uh, as we talked about earlier, is fighting very much against systemic racism and violence, particularly from police officers. And this is something that black women have to endure on a regular basis.
7: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and like Caitlin says, it matters because he was a gross, racist, misogynist. That's yep. why it matters.
6: Yep, absolutely. And you and, know what the sick it, thing about you'd... this? The sick thing what? about this is, you know, it's still going to be people out there support this asshole. Oh, yeah. There
1: will be well, but you know what? I when he, uh, of course, I don't want to get too ahead of the story. But when he got convicted, though, his parents wouldn't even look at him. So they said that there was a mountain; it wasn't just a little bit of evidence.
7: Mm-hmm. Wow!
1: And oh. they had DNA all over that boy.
7: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: They had they had it all, and um, there were thirty six charges, but. Um, And he only got it on 18, but he got it on the worst of the 18.
12: Yep. And the thing
1: is, he picked black women specifically because he didn't think people would care. He picked women that he thought were extremely vulnerable, like a lot of them were prostitutes or druggies or whatever. But he picked two that weren't. (laughs) And one was a grandma. A grandma. I love it. Granny's the one that kicked his ass in the end. Because she went home and told her daughter and son-in-law, and they all jumped up and said, Hell no! (laughs) (laughs) Good. To the police station, and from there, straight to the hospital. Mm Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Granny was the one that ended up getting him, and a 17-year-old girl, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he got convicted on both Granny and the 17-year-old, and other women, but those were the two that really turned it, because
7: mm-hmm.
1: they, you know, neither one of them had anything to do with drugs. Not that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if, you a minor it doesn't matter if you're on drugs. Mm-hmm. And another thing, this was an all-white jury. So I was worried that um, it was going to get swept under the rugs. Yeah. Under the rug. You know, it was going to be one of those, well, you know. Yeah. You can't believe a prostitute. You know, how can you rape a prostitute? Mm
7: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, it... We see so many trials now where police officers are not held to account, where they're not charged for the things that they're supposed to be, but in this case, it actually, it worked out, and that's why we included it in the good news segment. Certainly what he did was by no means good news, but the fact that a former police officer in the state of Oklahoma was held accountable for his actions by an all-white jury, and I mean, mind you, um, he wasn't convicted on every single charge, but he was charged on enough for the jury to recommend that he get 263 years of prison time, meaning that if the sentencing phase goes well next month, he will deservedly be behind bars for the remainder of his natural life.
1: Well, he gets... it's In this case, um, in Oklahoma, it's whatever your sentence is, you have to serve 85% of it. So... <clears throat> Beautiful. I don't know how they work that for life, but like maybe go on an actuarial, and you know, and and um, I don't know. And Bruce said that, and that's another thing too that Bruce is bringing up. There was thirty six that they knew about, but Bruce said his sister in law uh, visited from Louisiana was raped by a cop while she was there, but she has such a low opinion of herself she refused to report it. That was fifteen years ago. And that's something else that happens and it's not just with black women, white women do that too. I mean I don't know of a single woman that's been raped that hasn't thought about that. Mm. You know because there's I know a lot of women that have that have not reported.
6: Yeah. Yeah, so it happened a lot and it really happens it happened a lot in college too and some of these college young ladies man you know didn't report like rapes and stuff you know and it's sick you know i I don't see how a person can do it
2: yeah or or they they get convinced that it's their fault or that they somehow invited it on themselves because they dressed a certain way or because they flirted and it's not their fault Men no. have and as much of a capacity to control their impulses as any other human being.
1: And I used to tell my, some... my son, I don't give a crap if she's out in the middle of the road asking for it. Fuck, naked, naked, you know? Yeah. Stay away from it. Yeah. Just don't do
10: it. Mm-hmm.
1: But, and like Trojan says, a poor widow baby cried. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> he did cry he and he was sobbing. Oh, he guess.
2: was sobbing, yeah. yeah oh my gosh. does he god. Cause
6: he, cause he know what they do to rapists in the places. Oh and yeah. He's ex cop too? Oh
1: yep.
2: god. He's gonna have a rough
7: 263.
2: Yeah. Years. Oh yeah. He's gonna <laughs> be
1: rough. He got- That's a I don't know. Did he get out on probation? Does anybody... Or not probation, but does he get out mm-hmm. until sentencing? Uh, I, you he know... found I, out, I wonder.
2: I honestly, I do not know. I will have to look that up. Uh, maybe we can get an uh, update on that shortly before. Um, but before we go to break, I do want to mention, because I forgot to, uh, oh, yeah,
10: the, and
2: the and day it. that he was found guilty was his 29th birthday. So happy yeah. birthday, Daniel Holtzclaw. Yeah.
1: <laughs> You know, what? We should, instead of the birthday song, we should go bye 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 do 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 bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> bye, bye. <laughs> na, 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 na,
7: there you go. Na, na. Hey, hey,
6: goodbye. goodbye.
2: <laughs> 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 so yes, good riddance, <laughs> sir. <laughs> but,
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They kept asking women, what would be the justice? You know, what would justice look like in this case? And I think mm-hmm. even... And that was before he got convicted, mm-hmm. you know. it was, It's just so rare for something like this to happen where a cop actually does get convicted. I think a lot of them had a hard time even coming up with stuff. Yeah. You know, Because it... For, I think for women to have somebody be convicted mm-hmm. that should have been convicted and I'm not saying there haven't been false ones, but this one definitely was not.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, this is that's a whole different rabbit hole. Um the fact that he was a cop and he was white and he was raping black women, this is such a big frickin' deal.
2: Mm-hmm. It absolutely is. Yeah. Yeah. For and the him fact to
1: get convicted and Yeah. Two hundred and some years. Oh my gosh, a we're talking one hundred. They'll never get out. Now that the judge can do something different in Oklahoma. Normally, the 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 jurors can, in some cases, you know, give their opinion. Normally, they don't. Mm. But in this case, they gave the judge what they wanted to see happen to this man. Oh yeah. Mm. And so, for them that to did. do that, that's, that was an added layer of, get this asshole out of here.
2: Yep. There were no tears shed in uh,
7: well, yes,
1: <laughs> declaring him
2: guilty. He <laughs> well, he he cried, but, you know, the the jury. He there were no right. tears shed by the jury.
6: You're such a lonely boy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> down,
2: Blue. Don't need to cry. Don't need to cry, man,
6: you know. Yep. Shoot.
2: You made your bed laying it, sir. It's
7: party yeah. now.
2: all right so we ran a little bit over again i do apologize but we are going to go ahead and run to break real quick so stay tuned here
3: to southern progressive revival you're listening to southern progressive revival
0: we have been the
12: instrument of change in the past we know what needs to be done we know how to do it We know that we can impact policies which affect education, human rights, civil rights, economic and social opportunity.
3: Southern Progressive Revival at Indy Media Weekly
0: Radio. Maybe real prison reform is possible. I'll tell you why today on Hightower Radio. Too many people are behind bars that don't belong there declared a group demanding major reforms to America's throw them all in jail mass imprisonment policies. For nearly 50 years, politicians and prosecutors have pushed a no-mercy, tough-on-crime mantra, which has proven to be grossly unjust, exorbitantly expensive, counterproductive, and needlessly destructive to families and whole communities. We need less incarceration, not more, the reform group recently proclaimed, Of course, you'd expect the ACLU to urge a humane and just approach to crime and punishment. Only, this is not the ACLU. Called Law Enforcement Leaders to Reduce Crime and Incarceration, it's made up of 130 of our country's top crime fighters, including big city police chiefs, sheriffs, and prosecutors from coast to coast. These are officials who've built careers on the harsh autocratic practice of police sweeps and mass arrests especially targeting impoverished communities of color. They know the difference between actually reducing crime and posturing as crime busters by hooking up charges and hustling thousands of people into prisons for minor offenses. When such a broad group steps forward to say they were wrong, that the rush to prison makes crime worse, that's a possible sea change in policing philosophy. Indeed, they're calling for, one, more alternatives to imprisonment, especially for addicts and the mentally ill. Two, reclassifying many nonviolent crimes as misdemeanors and reforming ridiculous mandatory sentencing laws. And three, a wholesale effort to repair the dangerous rift and loss of trust between police and the communities they're intended to serve. This is Jim Hightower saying, as one of the group's leaders put it, this is just common sense. To get involved, go to BrennanCenter.org. B-R-E-N-N-A-N-Center.org. To get more of Jim Hightower's populist take on what Wall Street and Washington are up to, visit
2: www.hightowerlowdown.org.
9: Come walk with me, Michael S. Charball, through the broken doorway, 11 a.m. Saturdays and Wednesdays, and only on IndyMediaWeekly.com.
3: You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival. And knowing the world as I do, I can tell you
8: without any equivocation that the number one abuse of human rights on earth is strangely not addressed quite often is the abuse
3: of women and girls. Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio.
2: All right, everybody. If you're just tuning in, welcome. If you were still listening, welcome back to hour two of Southern Progressive Revival. Uh, we have already been through "Gentlefolk and Situations." We have been through "Our Voices of Our Black Past, Present, and Future," brought to you by Joey Word. And I would like to welcome back to the program, Ms. Janet Lee, our very own Ms. Producer from Lake of the Ozarks, Area, in Missouri. Welcome back, ma'am.
7: Hello,
1: <clears throat> hello. Thank you very much, and it's great to see everybody, and and happy to have all the listeners
2: yes indeed thank you all so much for listening whether it be live or via our podcast and uh, of course last but not least the man of our last half hour and the man of every hour in fact mr joey word from nashville tennessee
6: hello folks hello chat room Hello, everyone, everyone listening love you all yes
2: we love you all very very much and thank you so much and thank you joey and of course it is time for gander at the soapbox so let's get that rolling
3: Gander at the Soapbox.
13: Gosh darn it, who
4: diddly I'm conservative?
12: What do you have a higher opinion of, Congress or dog poop? I think the report's full of crap.
13: My goodness, I didn't know solid waste management
1: was so controversial.
8: We'll have more of everything. We were discussing disease, we were discussing all sorts of things tonight. You know, I apologize, we left the helicopter at home. You know, I
2: I don't have to defend everything that I've ever done. Isn't
10: that the Tea Party in a nutshell?
4: Republican on Republican violence. There isn't a Republican party. I humbly ask for your vote whenever you're going to get to vote, whenever the primary is. I'm
7: so in love
2: with you. All right. Welcome to Gander at the Soapbox, where we discuss things about politicians and campaigns going on here or those visiting here. And tonight, I am so excited about our first story because, as a Southern politics show, we so rarely get to talk about Donald Trump. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I am going to let Janet go ahead and bring this beautiful story to you now. And afterward, uh, we are going to have some Trump discussion, y'all.
1: Yeah, my mouth is watering. I can't wait to chomp at the bit at this. <laughs> <laughs> Trump the Rome, um, St. Petersburg mayor. This is on forward progressives. Uh, Rick Chris Kreisman, his best response so far to Trump's newest ridiculous proposal that we should temporarily bar all Muslims from entering the United States. He said, I am hereby barring Donald Trump from entering St. Peter's book until we fully understand the dangerous threats posed by all Trumps. (laughs) And two hours after he tweeted that he had uh, 2,000 people that had already retweeted it, (laughs) <laughs> and of course, he can't really ban him, but it's showing that there is blowback to Trump. And I think this is one of the first first times where it really is starting to, the ball is rolling as far as the blowback, finally. Um, this clown, I mean, you know, I don't want to fool anybody, he could get elected but if we don't get out and vote, but... He's just an awful S.O.B. I can't even. Oh, my God. And the, oh, and I don't know how he can get elected. He's absolutely trashed everybody. You know, Friday, it was the Cubans. Before that, it's been women. It's been um, blacks. Although the day on the Joe Madison show, one guy called in and said he's never. I mean, and this was a black guy or African-American. And he said, no, no. Oh, he's never said anything about African Americans and I thought,
6: "What?"
7: <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> and then um he's uh made fun of uh Asians, you know, with the, his exaggeration of how they talk and did the little eye thing. Um What
6: about the guy with the uh the reporter with the
2: Yeah, with the, the disability.
1: disability. Yeah. Oh, the people yeah. with disabilities. I mean, who am I missing? I'm trying to think. I mean, I just can't figure out any more. You know, now we've got Muslims in the mix, and he's starting to get all these countries that don't want him.
2: Well, one of the things that he did uh, when Ben Carson started rising in the polls is that he said that since he's a Presbyterian, he's more of a mainstream Christian. So he he even is going after other Christian denominations. Yeah, but
1: Carson doesn't seem to know that. That mm-hmm. he's been poked by him and you know you know there's in his reality show it was always whoever is the weakest link so to speak which he got rid of and that's what he's doing now he's considering who his weak links are the trouble is when does he get over that spot where he told i want him to totally destroy himself i want him so that he can't get his brand back up and obviously there's no way he's going to come far enough to the middle to get the majority of the dems although he doesn't he says he doesn't need us <clears> he <throat> needs us to stay home
6: yeah <clears throat> he need to go back to his reality show yeah i don't need,
1: he doesn't even have it they won't even <clears throat> let him on
6: yep <laughs> okay here here
2: would be my my dream my 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 dream scenario with Donald Trump and <laughs> This is something that I've thought a lot about, but uh, I remember back when he signed that pledge stating that he would be loyal to the Republican Party. Uh, Of course, over the past week, he stated that, you know, it's a two-way streak. They have to show him respect and he has to show them respect. So if they don't show him respect, he says that there's a possibility that he would bolt from the party and, you know, run as an independent and Ben Carson now has spoken out and saying that he doesn't like the fact that they had a closed-door meeting about the possibility of a brokered convention. Now, you won't hear me say this a lot on the show because, (laughs) for the most part, I I believe that most closed-door meetings in the Republican Party are probably not very nice places to be. But, um, you know, I I honestly think that looking at the number of candidates in this race— uh Cruz is leading in Iowa now uh Trump is ahead in New Hampshire but Christie's catching up on him the possibility of a broker convention at this juncture is it's a reality it could really really happen um I I think that they were earnestly discussing it and what they would do but I think that if Trump saw that he was going to lose the nomination, that it went to a Burkard convention, that he would run as an independent. And I would love to see it because it would split the conservative vote so badly. Oh, wow, dude. Oh, my gosh.
6: Awesome. you talking about comedy gold, mm-hmm. comedy platinum. I, <laughs> but Ted Cruz scares
1: me even more than Trump. Oh, yeah. Because Cruz is a believer. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a real believer in the crap that he's saying. Trump is a carnival bark, barker, mm-hmm. but they're all scary. They're all fascists. Yeah, but, they're yeah.
2: they're all terrifying. But if they
1: do get a brokered deal, it are, you know, I would think that it would put automatically put um, Hillary or Bernie in the White House. I mean, I, how are they going to do that? You know, I mean, because,
2: yeah. And it's going yeah, to be really know. difficult to choose who to go with, because if if you don't choose Carson or Trump, then that's going to disaffect everybody that's coming to the party for this election because they liked these political outsiders. And if you don't choose an establishment candidate, that's going to disaffect the longtime Republican Party loyalists that are sane and, and truly.
7: Voters.
10: Yeah,
2: exactly. So it's it's a lose-lose situation if they go into a brokered convention um and somebody and who, is going to be left out
1: and so who's our libertarian fascist Koch brothers supporting does anybody know
2: uh you know the last news i had is that they have not lined up behind a candidate i i think that this is this they is were a tough one.
6: they were behind <laughs> walker in the beginning yeah but they've thrown a the whole lot of money off in these local elections though these state elections mm-hmm. right These state candidates, they're throwing a lot of money around down there. Especially, they're throwing a lot down here, too.
2: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, there there are so many races here that uh, if they go a certain way, could go bad. Um, I know in North Carolina, Richard Burr right now, since he doesn't have a serious challenger, um, is expected to win by a fairly comfortable margin. But his approval rating is in the 30s. So... If the DNC puts enough money into that race, it could at least be competitive, if not um, a victory for a Democrat going up against him. And the, and North Carolina is interesting. It's, it's one of the most expensive media markets in the country. Um, the last Senate election there, which was uh, Kagan versus um, Tom Tillis, uh, that was the most expensive Senate campaign in U.S. history. So, yeah, that would really drain a whole lot of money and they would need the coaks to do it because uh, you know, at this point <laughs> if if Trump goes independent, if if Carson goes independent and runs, then uh they might as well not put much money into the White House because I don't think that they have any chance of winning it.
6: Now, yeah. Might as well hang them hats up, fellas. <laughs> yes, indeed.
2: <laughs> and we will be inaugurating President Clinton or President Sanders, and that will be a beautiful either,
6: thing. Either either way it goes, you know. i if if Hillary win, I'm I'm supporting her. If Bernie win, I'm supporting him. Amen. Same here. <laughs> I'm not going to stay at home. <laughs> yep. Me either.
2: Absolutely. Oh gosh! But uh, speaking of all that. Ah, oh, gosh, that was fun. We we need to have like a a Trump special at some juncture. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be great.
6: I'd so take extra high blood pressure pill, but that'd be great. Yeah, there you go.
7: <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, he's he's fun to talk
2: about. That's one of the liabilities. Extra
1: of
6: uh, well, extra please. Yes, and yeah, <laughs> and like
1: Caitlin says too. No matter who. The Democrats put out there. We have to continue to turn out and vote and support them because if we mm-hmm. don't, we're going to end up like we are now. The obstruction. Absolutely.
6: Destruction. Right on, Right on, baby. Yes, ma'am. Yep. Absolutely.
2: Um, and I think that this story sort of goes together well. Um, of course, as many of you may have learned by this juncture, we here at Southern Progressive Revival have a love-hate relationship with uh, Senator Lindsey Graham from South Carolina uh, because he. Oh, ha-
7: Lindsey. <laughs>
2: Oh, what a man he is. But um yeah. What a
1: man, what a man, what a man.
2: You know, he he he's a war hawk. Um, I hesitate to say that he's not as dangerous as the other candidates currently running for the Republican nomination, but he might be a little less I don't know. But I'll
1: He's hung around too much with Bomb Bomb McCain.
2: Yeah, he is. And uh but you know, every now and then Lindsay will say something that's, that's really funny. good. That's true, that's honest, um, that shows that he actually has a moral compass. Um, So he did an interview on CNN, and I'm going to go ahead and play this first audio. It's lengthy. I'm going to go ahead and warm you. I believe it's almost three minutes worth of audio, but totally worth it. So uh, go ahead and uh, listen to this. As soon as this is done, we will discuss it. Uh, It's actually three minutes and 34 seconds. So uh, bear with us for that amount of time,
12: and I promise that You will love it. So here we go.
5: What is your reaction to hearing what Donald Trump says?
12: Disgusted. Well, I'm going to talk to the Trump supporters for a minute. I don't know who you are, and I don't know why you like this guy. I think what you like about him, he appears to be strong when the rest of us are weak. He's a very successful businessman, and he's going to make everything great. He's going to take all the problems of the world and put them in a box and make your life better. That's what he's selling. Here's what you're buying. He's a race baiting, xenophobic, religious bigot. He doesn't represent my party. He doesn't represent the values that the men and women who wear the uniform are fighting for. I've been in the Air Force for thirty three years. I retired this June. He's the ISIL man of the year, by the way. Just got back from Iraq a week ago this Monday.
5: I know, we interviewed you live from there. You were with mm-hmm. Senator John McCain and you were going to into Iraq to get a status report. What what were they saying there about all of this. The military
12: leadership and the diplomatic corps. Now We have young men and women in harm's way all over the world, particularly in the Middle East. They were concerned about this rhetoric because the enemy will use it against us. Um, so, what was a concern last week has to be DEFCON 4 this week. Because what Mr. Trump is doing, and I don't think he has a clue about anything, he's just trying to get his numbers up and get the biggest reaction he can. He's putting uh, our soldiers and diplomats at risk. He's empowering the enemy. And this ban, if it's actually enacted, would take people who have been interpreters, who came to our side in Iraq and Afghanistan, who are under siege in their own countries, and basically becomes a death sentence for them.
5: You're saying he's empowering the enemy. You draw a direct line between his rhetoric and what, recruitment? Yeah, they
12: used that to turn uh, the region against us. Our diplomats and military commanders were very worried when the guy was going to burn the Koran. Remember that? The guy in Florida? I've been there 36 times. I can tell you that most Muslims, most people in the faith, reject this radical ideology. The reason we'll win this war is because very few fathers and mothers want to turn their daughters over to ISIL. The way you win the war, just don't kill terrorists. invest in the lives of others. Young people in the Mideast are less sectarian. That's where we should be investing. Giving a young woman a voice about her children in the Mideast is the ultimate uh, antidote to terrorism. That's how you win the war. A hopeful life versus a glorious death. And what Mr. Trump is doing is undercutting everything we stand for He's undercutting how you win the war. He's empowering the enemy, and he's putting people at risk or serving our country. Now, he's never served. Going to a military high school, Donald, is really not military service. You've never worn the uniform. You've never been uh, on a, a forward operating base. You've never been at a PRT as a member of the Department of Justice or the Department of State. You've never been a USAID worker going into some devastated poor area in Iraq and Afghanistan trying to help our country by helping others. So knock it off, you're putting people at risk. He is empowering radical Islam, and if he knew anything about the world at all, you would know that most Muslims reject this ideology, and they've died, in by the thousands, trying to combat this radical ideology. You're undercutting their efforts. You're slandering their sacrifice. You're marginalizing what they're trying to do to make the world a better place. You know how you win this war? You side with people in the faith who reject this ideology, which is 99%. And you know how you make America great again? Tell Donald Trump to go to hell.
2: Yeah, he, uh, first of all, um, That was a long, long bit of audio, but I could not pick out a single incorrect thing that he said, and at the end, when he told Donald Trump, I mean, I when he said to make to America great again, tell Donald Trump to go to hell. <laughs> <laughs>
7: yeah.
6: You know what, man? Uh, I give him his props on that, but y'all created that Trump and Stein monster. Mm-hmm. Y'all that big megaphone you have. Y'all created that. Yep. Yeah, you reap him the rewards. Yep. Absolutely. And Paul
1: from Paul's Memory Bank Thursday night, um at nine Eastern on Any Media Weekly said that uh I lost my train of thought. That <laughs> he didn't have anything to lose anymore. And Nova is saying that to be fair to Graham, some of the things that he does has been saying during this run are closer of what she thought of as a traditional conservative mm-hmm. instead of the crazy train that the right's been going on for 15 years or more.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I've, I've always thought of him as being a traditional conservative. He's He's been uh, a senator for a while now. I, I can see, Paul, where you're coming from. I, I He definitely doesn't have anything to win to lose at this juncture, and he can say whatever he wants to. But at the same time, I think that it's sad that, you know, I mean, Graham is a hawk. I don't want to see him become right. the next president of the United States by any stretch of the imagination. But when you're looking at this field of candidates, when you're trying to somebody find somebody that wouldn't completely destroy the country, uh, I, I think Graham is one of those people. Um But
1: he was one of the ones, too, that have been blocking everything that Obama did, too, so I don't know. He is, yeah. And like Paul says, Graham didn't mind it when tea beggars primate all the moderates, and ours took over the House and Senate. Yep. So, I mean, I don't know, maybe he's starting to get a conscience like the boner.
2: Uh, He is. I think, you know, him, uh, Karl Rove has said it. Uh, There there are several uh, high-ranking and influential conservatives that regret the fact that they created the Tea Party monster. And Fox News is still feeding it, and it's staying alive. It's not as strong as it once was, but it's still there. It's still a threat. Um, And my sincere hope is that after this election, the Republican Party does take – a chance to step back and look at itself in the direction that it's gone. Because if they don't do something, they are going to become entirely irrelevant.
1: Do you think that Graham and those are doing this now to put the Tea Party on notice that they're done?
2: I I hope.
1: I mean, are you... (laughs) Because, I mean, if they lose the White House, which I'm sure I think they will yeah, it would. this time, they're going to yeah. have to dump them. They're going to have to get rid of the teabaggers. They're gonna, never going to have a chance.
2: There's going to have to be a reckoning. I mean, I read a column by a uh, conservative commentator this week that was stating that the best thing that his party can do is to lose the White House and to look at where they're standing right now to get away from all this racist rhetoric and to reassess where they are. And that's the only way that they're ever going to become um capable of capturing the White House again in the future. And it's it's true, you know? That yeah. that's how deep down the rabbit hole they've gone. So and I, I, I hope and I never
1: used cheat. to You and know, results- and I never I've hated I never used to hate Republicans. I mean, I didn't like it when they won, but for the most part I didn't see their policy so much as evil until Reagan got in.
7: Mm-hmm.
1: And um but then and then it just got worse and worse and worse. Yeah. And now it's like somebody tells me the Republican I have to stop and take a step back and think what about them if I'd not known? You know, and that's bad because you automatically start thinking, are you a racist? You have mm-hmm. to be you're a Republican.
2: Yeah. And are you,
1: you know, if you're a male? Like, that's part of the reason I don't even date.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: that's one of the first questions out of my mouth when I get asked out Who did you vote for last time for president? Yeah. I swear to God. And they say, Romney. And I say, it's nice to meet you. I want to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, no and.
2: Point. It, it's, it's sad because, you know, if just statistically, it, it's impossible that every Republican is racist. It's, it's just, it's not possible. And I know that that's not going to be popular to say on a liberal talk show. But these guys, Donald Trump, Ben Carson, the Tea Party, uh, Ted Cruz, are ruining the party for sane conservatives. And I feel sorry for them. And I hate it, it's terrible. Um you know I I really do hope that something happens we we don't need to be a single party country that would be no, the worst thing that could possibly happen
1: That's what I was getting ready to say I don't mm. I don't want just a democratic party that wins constantly because then mm. you're no better than you were I'd like to see a vigorous back and forth with sane parties Yep <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and the, I I I'm sorry I don't think the Republicans are sane anymore I just, I can't, I can't go there.
2: <laughs> yeah. The, the loudest are the most insane. And unfortunately they are dominating the party at the moment, but, uh,
6: hopefully they're they they saying things that a whole lot of people ain't, you know, ain't saying out loud and they mm-hmm. got their own mic, you know, megaphone and everything, you know, like, you know, Donald Trump is, the, he's the, he's, the, he's the poster child for racist people right at this moment. Mm-hmm. You know, he got uh, right-wing uh, skinhead groups supporting him and everything. He ain't saying shit about it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, nothing. You
1: know, and like Bruce said, you know, as long as they wrap themselves in a fair leg and carry a cross, which I don't understand. You carry a cross, you wrap yourself in a flag, and then you got a assault weapon on your back.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It makes absolutely no sense. It, I, I think it takes an incredible leap of logic <laughs> to <laughs>
7: <The> logic. <laughs> you
1: are so kind. I think you're one of the nicest people. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank
2: you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I I try to be. You know, you never know. We might we might pick up a Republican listener one day. Who knows? But um. Yeah. Um.
1: Bruce says media won't allow debate either. Yep. So.
2: Absolutely, that is very very true. But, uh, we will.
1: Yes, we, we will. chatters and, and um, among ourselves.
2: Yes, indeed. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, you know, and if in, in any of you ever disagree with us, please put it in the chat, and we will be more than happy to discuss in a civil and respectful manner. Yeah,
6: um, yeah. And, and no we Name-calling and all that type of crap, you know, insulting. You run out of words. Don't result the name-calling. Absolutely. Right. Yep. Yeah, we've had a few
1: little bit of flax, but... It, it's only been about the gun issue and yeah i think everybody's a whole agrees you know we don't want to take away guns mm-hmm. we just want things a little more saner
2: yeah absolutely so we don't want
1: to keep giving the uh manufacturers their money and the uh prison industrial complex more people
2: yes indeed and that's
1: what guns do
2: they do indeed all right oh, so wow. We're late again. We're we're late again. (laughs) This is not a good night. Uh, (laughs) We're just
1: late tonight.
2: We are very late tonight. uh, It's too
6: much fun, man.
2: We are, which is a good thing. Uh, But yeah, we're going to go ahead and head to a real quick break, and we will be right back here on Southern Progressive Revival.
3: You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival.
8: One of the issues I don't think we hear enough about and really can't hear enough about is preparing our students and our people, particularly those who have lost jobs, for the jobs of the future. We need to make sure that our education
3: systems are in place. Southern Progressive Revival at Indy Media
14: Weekly Radio. This is Adam Hebert, a man
9: with breathtaking... Anger management issues,
14: and I hope that you will listen to my program, Mike Check Radio with Adam Heber, live every Saturday night, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Fuck yeah! Every week on Mike Check Radio, me and my co hosts, Rob Poole and Kenny Pig, will talk about the week's news with righteous indignation, facts, and a large dose of comedy. Inconceivable! Join us as we try to answer the question of just how many Republican douchebags there are in Washington, D.C.
6: It's over (laughs) 9,000!
14: We'll also crown our Assholes of the Week during our program.
0: You are the leading asshole in the state.
14: Finally on our show, we'll also talk about the latest in news for video games, comic books, film, science, anime, and manga. All for your entertainment and learning pleasure.
3: Well, that sounds really shallow and stupid. Let's try it.
14: Don't forget, that's Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert live every Saturday night, seven to ten p.m. Eastern, and only here on Indie Media Weekly Radio for those who dare. Oh, and cranker demands that you listen to our program.
4: You are crazier than a crap fight in a monkey house.
9: Hey, Joe, what are you doing?
2: Repair the GOP Clown Car. What's wrong with it? Well, you know your show.
9: You mean the Tim Coramall Show right here on indiemediaweekly.com Yes. Where each week a panel of guests joins us for a progressive roundtable discussion about politics, news, and other fun topics?
2: Yes. And you know how we check out which members of the GOP climbed into the clown car each week? Yes. Well, there's been so many GOP clowns lately, they broke the
9: springs. Oh, no, really?
2: <laughs> yes. But don't worry. With the GOP presidential primary season coming up, the clown car will now have new heavy duty springs to carry the load.
9: So not only will our show be way better than those Sunday cable shows, we'll also have our very own clown car.
2: Right. Now, close that garage door, Tim, before the clowns get in.
9: Join us in our panel of guests every week right here on Indie Media Weekly. Oh, and don't forget, we have clowns. Dang it, I think a
10: few slipped through. Tune in for the Tim Coromall Show on Indie Media Weekly Radio. Mondays and Wednesdays at 8.30 a.m. Eastern or in prime time on Thursday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern right here on Indie Media Weekly Radio at indiemediaweekly.com.
4: Listen to Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick live every Tuesday and Friday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern for three hours of news, opinion, and laughs. This is what comedian and talk show host John Fugelsang has to say about Turn Up the Night. You guys really walk a good line of having it be really collegial and really having a a, a show that, you know, blends the uh, intelligence with the irreverence, which is the hardest balance to pull off. Still not convinced you should listen to Turn Up the Night? Well, listen to what legendary writer, actor, and comedian Rick Overton has to say. I just don't think we can use the mainstream news for much anymore. I'd much rather go to you than to CNN for anything. You know, I would trust what my friends have to say more. Well, who can argue with that? Turn up the night with Kenny Pick live every Tuesday and Friday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Indie Media Weekly for those who dare. This is Indie Media Weekly Radio.
3: You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival.
8: Too busy giving tax handouts to large corporations, the Republicans haven't been working for the middle class. And as a result, many families are
3: still struggling to make ends meet. Southern Progressive Revival at Indy Media Weekly Radio.
2: All right, everybody, welcome back to Southern Progressive Revival. I am your host, Jonathan Matthews, and joining me as always are Mr. Joey Word from Nashville, Tennessee.
6: Howdy everyone
2: Yes, welcome sir And Ms. Janet Lee from Lake of the Ozarks area, Missouri
6: Hello, hello
2: Yes, thank you so much ma'am And we are going to continue on with the show In less than half an hour we will have on Mr. Dusty Dion We are very excited to have that conversation And uh, I am uh, speaking to him on Skype behind the scenes right now In preparation for his appearance And I cannot spell So hopefully he will think that I am a competent host by the time he gets here But without any
1: further
7: ado (laughs) I just texted him Don't forget Mm -hmm. to accept (laughs) (laughs) Those people are
3: nuts (laughs) Yes indeed Alright so
2: (laughs) Without any further ado Let's go ahead and get to Don't know shit from Applesauce
6: All I ask from you is a very simple answer To a very simple question
10: Are you crazy? Or just plain stupid? But I will ask that everyone Please behave
14: He's a lunatic, I'm telling you. Can I help you with that?
0: Y'all don't know shit from applesauce.
2: Alright, welcome to Don't Know Shit from Applesauce for all the folks who don't know shit from applesauce. And uh, we start out tonight with a article done about the Planned Parenthood video, the uh, doctored video that of course all of you know about, I don't have to go into it any further, um, stating that the videos have unfortunately done their job, and I can think of no better person to report on this than our very own Miss Janet Lee.
1: This upsets me to no end, and a lot of people down here. <clears throat> the, can- the University of Missouri had a clinic, or has a clinic, on the Columbia campus, and they did do some abortions. Not a lot, but some. And the tapes representing them were was to get everybody all upset and against Planned Parenthood. And they, the mission got accomplished. There was a torrent of anger and stuff that had worked their way into the president's race, closer to home. It caused a messy fight, caused mid-Missouri to be at least temporary without an abortion provider. The Republicans in the House and Senate, they went ahead, they looked into it, and found there was nothing wrong. They, um, they were following federal law. But we have a real jerk-off in the Senate, and his name is Kurt Schaefer, S-C-H-A-E-F-E-R. You'll be hearing a lot from him. He is crazier than a bat in a house that's all lit up. Um, he decided to go ahead and strip them of their um, hospital-admitting privileges that they needed you know, and he went in there and just ripped into the university about it being in the abortion business and threatening to take away funds. And so the previous chancellor um, went ahead and canceled privileges. Well, then when they had the, the fight that went on with, with Black Lives Matter and all that kind of stuff, one of the things that they put in there was, you're going to put that back in. We want to have um, the abortion clinic put back in our healthcare clinic. Because what they did, they were going to shut the whole clinic down. So the new guy has declined to reverse it this week, his decision. He said the executive committee of the hospital's medical staff recommended eliminating the category of privileges that the physician who performs abortion to have at a hospital within 30 miles of where the abortion takes place. Well, the doctor that was doing it had her privileges um, revoked, so she can't get it back. So even if they do find it, um, somebody, because she said she's not willing to go back and subject herself and her family to the scrutiny, so then they were trying to find... um, any doctors that would be willing to do that and right now they haven't been able to find anybody so people have to go to St. Louis or to Kansas now so and they're also making that 72-hour wait period go into effect and so that makes it even harder but of course that's what their point is it wasn't just shutting down the services it means that Poverty and violence aren't going to stop the termination of the pregnancies. It's going to stop them from being safe. So this is still more attacks on women. Women and their health. Especially for them to be done legally and safely. And we all know rich women are going to be able to get them.
2: Absolutely. If you have the money, you can get anything done in this country, unfortunately. But um, yeah. For those who are unfortunate, who we should be helping the most, it doesn't matter. And it's 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 sad. Mm-hmm. I I know that it can't possibly be as upsetting to me as it is to you, Janet, since I'm not a woman and I've not gone through what you have. But I just don't understand the hatred and the desire to block health care to these women. It just it boggles my mind.
1: It does me, too. And I thought we'd already taken care of all this crap. You know, and I, this is like going back to the 50s, you know, the early 60s, 50s and 60s. And, you know, where you watch women that have had abortions, because back then they weren't legal. And there were code words among women. And you knew that that's what was going on. And um, I don't understand. And you don't hear of women getting sick or dying like they used to. This is just insane. How can they do that? How can they take over a woman's life? You know, their income, their, you know, and it doesn't even matter what the reason is.
6: It's legal. And they have the nerve to call the president uh, uh darn tyrannists and uh, uh, what communists and all these these uh, uh uh dictator words and everything and that if that ain't dictatorship or or fascist I don't know what it is.
1: Well, and it's also it's just big. You know, they want to say that they're the party of small government. This is not small government. This is not small government at all. You know, it just says women don't count. That's what it says. Women don't count.
2: Yeah. And I I think a lot of it, perhaps, is fear. Because, you know, a lot of times we refer to women as a minority. When in reality, women outnumber men.
1: Yeah. And they need to get out and vote. Absolutely.
7: And
2: vote for the right
6: Well, you know. Yeah. I can't tell anyone or ask anyone to vote for they. You know, you vote for you want, vote for who you want to vote for. But you know, they need to vote uh, uh, not against their own interests, against they. You know, vote for their interests. You know, exactly. Yeah, you got some I- asshole senator out there trying to you know keep you from getting a woman's health care. You don't need to vote for him. It's no. common sense.
1: But how many times have you walked into a voting booth or poll place and seen a man stand right behind the woman while she votes? I mean, that happens here a lot.
2: Yeah, too many times to count. And, you know, my my wife, thankfully, uh, before we got together, she she wasn't very politically inclined. But um, we started talking about politics and, um, you know, she she asked me who she should vote for and. I refuse to tell her who to vote for. Um, You know, I led her to websites and articles where she could learn um, different political tests. It turns out that she's much more of a moderate than I am, um, which is fine. Uh, She is, you know, really looking forward to voting in the upcoming primary here in Kentucky and the election in November. And I think it's going to be really exciting. But uh, women that let. And um, if if this sounds disrespectful, I apologize. I I don't mean it that way. But women that let their husbands or another male influence in their life decide who they vote for for the presidency is really a slap in the face of all the women who went through harassment and beating and jailing to fight for women's suffrage. I, I just don't understand it.
1: But when I see a man doing that, it always makes me wonder if he's abusive.
2: Yeah. That's a very good point.
1: And like Caitlin says, they want them to be um, women to be submissive. And um, in Romania, they were required to report their periods because fetuses were considered wards of the state. I mean, is that where we're going?
2: I certainly hope not, but I
6: hope not either.
2: Feels more and more like it every day. So we are going to go ahead and segue into a very quick story um, before we get on to another story that will get <laughs> Janet's feathers ruffled. Get? Um,
1: yep. about this one since I read it.
2: Yes, indeed.
1: Bring it on. Okay, so... Caitlin's going to go crazy when she hears this. Yep.
2: <laughs> yep. So before we get to that, uh, I would like to bring you... The top states for gun violence in the Union. And uh, here's a hint. None of them are blue states. So, starting from the top. Number 10. Joey's home state of Tennessee. Number 9. New Mexico. Number 8. Oklahoma. 7 and 6 are a tie between the states of Wyoming and Montana. Number 5 is Arkansas. Number 4. Alabama. Number 3. Mississippi. Number 2. Louisiana, and number one, the home of everyone's favorite female politician, Sarah Palin, Alaska. So, do any of those strike you as surprising? Nope.
1: (laughs) So now, the next time someone says, It's all those, you know, states... you know the reason that they have all these gun deaths is because they have strict gun laws. Excuse me. Yep. They're not the one on the top ten list.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. California's not there. Neither is New York. So, yep, that goes to show the more lax the gun laws, the more gun violence, and you cannot argue with facts. um But they because, do. yeah, well, of course they do. It's it's their favorite pastime. <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh! But I want to get to the story Oh gosh, I want to get to the story so bad Because I love it when uh, Janet goes on her rants But um uh, Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and play the audio The audio sort of speaks for itself But as a, a little bit of background uh, A Christian college is banning gays And women who have had sex So let that sit with you for a minute Before I let the audio go And then I'm going to let Janet loose So Janet, prepare yourself here we go.
4: person can now ban gay students or other students that they feel don't live by their religious beliefs. How is that possible? A waiver they were just approved for by the federal government. Good evening, I'm Ted Hall.
5: And I'm Amanda Hara. The ban can also be applied to unwed mothers, women who've had an abortion, even pregnant students. Only on Local 8 News, anchor Lauren Davis was on campus today and now joins us with details. Here at Carson-Newman University, they're taking a lot of heat from a waiver saying that they can discriminate against gay students and mothers who have children out of wedlock. So I sat down with the president to see what he has to say about that. Carson-Newman is a private Southern Baptist College in Jefferson County. The university's president sent a letter in May asking to be exempt from Title IX, which says colleges cannot discriminate against students.
8: This is who we are as a Christian university. These are our religious principles. And in a changing world, we would like to reaffirm that this is who we are and who we intend to be.
5: Dr. O'Brien says that he filed the waiver on the advice of his attorney. You're the president. You're not the one to file something unless you understand it.
8: Yeah, I understood that our legal counsel said that this would further uh, establish our identity as a religious school, a Christian school.
5: We challenge his answers to help make sense of it all. Do you discriminate?
8: I don't know how it would be.
5: Well, then why file the
8: waiver then? Yeah, that's a good question.
5: Dr. O'Brien says the waiver won't change the policy they already have in place, again putting the spotlight on the school's attorney.
8: I believe he felt that it might strengthen our position in relation to First Amendment rights. Um, I don't really know why something would be necessary beyond that, but that was his counsel, and since he's an expert in the field, we. We uh, followed the template.
5: We talked to students to see what they thought about their school having the right to discriminate.
9: I don't think Carson Amid would ever outright discriminate or do anything against anyone, but I can see why this is a Christian university and so we need to protect like, our Christian values as well. So I
5: don't think it's right to discriminate against anyone.
13: They have the right to waive that if they want to.
5: Again, Dr. O'Brien assured me that next year they will not discriminate against any students. In Jefferson County, Lauren Davis, Local 8 News. And the lawyer who advised Dr. O'Brien to file the waiver also filed for nearly a dozen other Christian schools across the nation. There are a total of 30 schools in the U.S. that are now exempt from Title IX so far.
2: Okay, Janet, take it away.
1: All right, first, my sister. I can just comment, LOL, LOL, you know, just keep going. Good <laughs> luck with keeping people from having sex in college, and then with the LOL, start again. She's a college professor, by the way. Um, <laughs> 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 Caitlin Chris's comment, and I say... High school, too, by the way. I taught high school 30 years. Good luck. Um, He doesn't discriminate, but he doesn't allow gays or women who have had sex? Question mark. Yes. What are we going to have here? Seriously? I went to a Southwest Baptist college to get my master's. There, There was none of this crap. None of this crap. What is he saying? Then he says, well, I don't think so. Are you discriminating? I don't think so. We're just doing what the lawyer says. No, you're not. No, you are not. Now, if you're banning gays, and if you're saying girls can't have sex because that's where this logically went, down this rabbit hole, so does that mean that guys can have sex, but they just can't have it with guys or the women on their campus? Because that's, they didn't say anything about men, did they? But men they can't prove it, do they? How are they going to prove that? and you can't really prove it with women either, because mm-hmm. unlike some people think the hymen doesn't necessarily get broken from sex, in fact, most of the time it's from something else, yeah, and sometimes it doesn't even break the first time you have sex. I mean there's just mm-hmm. so what 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 the hell. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean I don't understand. Are, what are they going to do? Are we going to have are we going to have like little cameras now in the in the rooms?
6: The only thing I could tell them is good luck uh, getting some students.
1: Yeah, and not yeah. only that, that pisses me off too. The baby's father he keeps to, gets to keep coming to school, but the girl doesn't. Here we go again. That happened in my high school too. <clears throat> Girls had to hide it really good in order to graduate. Otherwise they were booted.
2: That is so sad. I, Oh gosh. You know, the the one thing that killed me about that audio was that the president of Carson <laughs> Newman is, uh, at least to hear him speak, does not sound like a terribly intelligent individual. No. Um, he, he seemed extremely confused. Um, mm-hmm. and, and like,
1: are you upset?
2: yeah, exactly.
1: And if you're getting federal funding, title nine still counts Am
2: Yep. It do indeed.
1: Oh, Nova said that, uh, they tried locking bathroom doors at the high school and we had a permission to be in the halls cause people were in the bathroom having sex.
2: Oh, oh wow.
1: I'm glad <laughs> <laughs> I learned at your high school. I think- <laughs> or cut the under the bleachers oh gosh <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah I, I went to a uh, I, I went to a Christian high school but um, we really didn't have much of a, a sex problem that I, I was aware of but the Christian college I went to oh yeah there there was definitely some stuff going on there um,
1: <laughs> the Supreme Court should make them go to slower track schools <laughs> <laughs>
2: How true, Caitlin. I love you.
1: <laughs> that was my sister, Joe. Oh, oh, I'm
2: so sorry, Sister Joe. Sister Joe. Yes, I love my
1: you. Sister, my sister Nova and Caitlin are just typing away. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh gosh, we just need to get them all one night for like a a, a girls an all girls show or all women show. <laughs> There you go. Yep, we could just eviscerate <laughs> all the misogynist assholes in the country.
7: <laughs> oh, wow. oh gosh,
2: do you feel better now, Jenna? <laughs> I have,
1: I just, where is this going to end?
2: You know, I have no idea. I mean,
1: we have to have like demonstrations out on in front of the Supreme Court, or. In front of all these campuses, where <laughs>
6: <laughs> <laughs>
1: this is a hymen flip up the leg.
6: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can do the splits.
7: <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh wow! Well. Um, hmm.
2: And I, your host, I'm left speechless. Um, so yeah. we. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah. Do not go near it. It has <laughs> teeth.
7: It does. Oh. Well,
1: women should not have sex with these kind of guys. If women no, women need to not have sex with these kind of guys, it would end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a play that kind of goes on that. Yes. All right, up. These
6: are Christians.
1: Yes, it oh, right. <laughs> I like to put them on a
7: <laughs> <Right in order. laughs> Oh gosh!
2: All right. Well, if if we go right now, we will actually have one break on time this evening. So let's go ahead and do that <laughs> because I'm 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 beat red right now. So I need I need a moment. Anyway, uh we're gonna go to break. <laughs> we will be right back here on Southern Progressive Revival with Dusty Dion. <laughs> At the top of the final hour.
7: (laughs) I
1: hope he
2: doesn't judge us. Um, no, I'm I'm sure he will. All Alright, but we'll be back here on Southern Progressive Revival.
3: You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival. If somewhere within the Bible I were to find a passage that
4: said 2 plus 2 equals 5, I wouldn't question what I'm reading in the Bible. I would believe it. Accept it as true, and then do my best to work it out
3: and to understand
9: it. It just makes no fucking sense. I mean, it's just bullshit. Fuck. Oh my, my, oh my.
3: Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio.
11: Somebody asked me the other day, they was like, Who was the Cole brothers? How come you don't like them? Well, uh. Some people get erections, are buying up elections, there be no protection to guarantee your selection, they made an investment, so voters they suppressing, plus a million commercials, confusing the message, people say what is this, but politics is business, poor and middle class are on the bottom of the shit list, rich get a wish list, poor don't get no Christmas, middle class is dismissed, I guess you must have missed this, guess you must have tuned out, now it's time to tune in, if you don't pay attention, won't know what they be doing, how much shit they ruin, Riches they pursuing They think it's a shoe in But who they think they fooling We can see you drooling Greedy like no other No longer undercover Here come the Coke brothers Everybody watch out Our time is about to clock out They won't go the distance Cause they looking for the knockout Freedom ain't never been free Freedom ain't never been free Where's democracy? Freedom ain't never been free Freedom ain't never been free Hypocrisy Freedom ain't never been free Freedom ain't never been free, democracy, freedom ain't never been free, freedom ain't never been free, it's R.I.P. As a result of the disastrous Citizens United Supreme Court decision, billionaires and large corporations can now spend an unlimited amount of money to influence the political process. The results of that decision are clear. In the coming months and years, the Koch brothers and other extraordinarily wealthy families will spend billions of dollars to elect right-wing candidates to the Senate, the House, Governors' Mansions, and the Presidency of the United States. These billionaires already own much of our economy. That, apparently, is not enough. Now they want to own the United States government as well. And that's in the words of Bernie Sanders. Yeah.
4: Hi, this is Kenny Pick from Turn Up the Night, and you're listening to Indie Media Weekly. Don't change that dial. If you do, I'll
3: know. Like a sneaky ninja, I will know. You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival.
10: And we know Democrats support the working men and women of this country, so we understand hard work let's talk a little bit about ideas and how we reclaim ideas that we know win in Red states.
3: Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio.
2: All right, everybody. Welcome back to the final hour of Southern Progressive Revival for this Sunday, December the 13th, 2015. I am your host, Jonathan Matthews, and joining me as always are Mr. Joey Word out of Nashville, Tennessee.
6: Hello, hello.
2: Yay. You're going to have to bring back that Southerners thing, or I'm going to steal it, just letting you know. <laughs>
6: oh, yeah. Hello, my fellow Southerners.
2: There you go. He, he has laid claim so I can no longer steal it, but that is okay. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, the woman who makes me blush more than anyone else uh, for... <laughs> Not not any any inappropriate reasons, but anyway. Uh, our very own Miss Producer, Miss Janet Lee, from Lake of the Ozarks area, Missouri. Hey, y'all. How are
1: <gasps> you doing tonight? <laughs> yes.
2: Thank you so much for being here, ma'am. Right. I'm
1: enjoying it.
2: Good, good. All right. So it is time for our hour-long interview, as we do every show, or at least try to, with Southern Hospitality. So let's go ahead and get that jingle rolling and get on Mr. Dusty Dion. So here we go
3: southern hospitality
0: it is my privilege to extend to you a laurel
6: and hearty handshake
9: whatever you take notion to I don't aim to put you out none uh, no he's, that's mighty neighborly
13: bless your heart
9: all
2: right mr Dion are you there
13: I am and X- I came into a bless your heart yes I, that you that did quickly <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yep, we've got a jingle for this segment that we play for all of our uh for all of our southern hospitality guests that it is that way. And as a Southerner, you know that that has a completely different meaning than uh, face value. So
13: It's a more hostile show than I thought it was going to be. It's true.
2: No, we we love you sir. And uh of course, here to uh welcome you along with me, I am Jonathan. We have been Talking with my terrible grammar uh, behind the scenes on Skype for a little bit now, but uh, also Ms. Janet Lee, who you know, and Mr. Joey Word from Nashville, Tennessee.
13: It is so hey. nice to see you all. Hi, hey. Dusty. Hey there. How you doing, Dusty? I am doing absolutely wonderful. My, my Cleveland Browns won today, which is a rare feat. So, <laughs> 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 no Cleveland uh. I had a
7: team. Ah, ha, ha. Oh. oh no. <laughs>
1: Uh, i shouldn't say anything i have a cards net. <laughs>
2: there you go all right so uh i am incredibly excited to have you on the show tonight sir uh unfortunately we had to cancel your last appearance due to uh, health concerns and i know that there was some flooding going on down there in georgia um So I'm glad to see that you have pulled out of that all right. Um, Then thank you very much for coming back and uh, agreeing to be on with us tonight. Um, Of course, you are a man of many accomplishments, uh, which we will discuss tonight. Uh, But on Southern Progressive Revival, we like to educate people as much as we possibly can. And uh, (laughs) from what I understand, you are a practicing Wiccan. Is that correct? Uh,
13: Yes, that is absolutely correct. I am the... High Priest of the Mother Church at the Aquarian Tabernacle Church in Index, Washington. I'm also the High Summoner of the entire Aquarian Tabernacle Church, which is a worldwide organization in six English-speaking countries, as well as Italy. Wow.
2: That is awesome. So, That's
13: amazing.
2: Yeah. So I, d- I didn't realize that you were that big league. That is incredible. So,
7: <laughs> <laughs> I so, didn't either. Wow. yeah
2: so, so so thank you for uh you know for for being here and uh d- despite your your position of authority and um blessing I'm excited our, to talk our tiny show well thank you yeah thank you I'm and we love you. we love people who talk so that's a good thing uh but i was wondering if you could uh perhaps tell our listeners a little bit about the wiccan religion
13: oh absolutely how much time you got uh you've got, is, got a whole you hour sir a whole hour <laughs> <laughs> But, it is a big sky. <laughs> but, don't forget, we're going to talk about Riffra a little bit, too. I know, and I'm excited about that. I've been, uh, I've been doing some reading up on how things are going with some of the things that uh, awesome. have been put in place. So, yeah, I'm very, Good. very excited about that. So, about Wicca, Wicca is less a religion and more a collection of spiritualities wrapped around uh, sacred science. Um. If you go back to the original texts that came out with Gerald Gardner, uh, the two main uh, energies are the god and the goddess. The god and the goddess are representative of the projective and receptive forces of nature that have to come together for things to be created. So we use myth and we use the god and goddess and we use energetic to explain... uh, The natural forces of nature. So we have the year split up into eight sections. We call them Sabbaths. They start at the beginning of the year. Uh, Well, there's different beginnings. But if you go at the beginning of our calendar year, uh, it's Imbolg, which is like a candle moss. We welcome back the bringing of the light, right? That's the time of year where the days are getting longer. Then you get to Ostara, which is spring. Ostara, Easter, they are... Mm -hmm. There's a common root there, yeah. Uh, the same energy. It's bunnies and it's eggs and it's colorful eggs that you find in the woods. It's the bringing back of nature. So it goes on and on like that around the wheel. And as Wiccans, we observe this change uh, in the seasons and the movement of the stars in the sky. And we celebrate them because we know – that those are the natural energies moving in the world at that moment. So we don't put things to rest typically if we've got a plan or something or we're starting a business. We won't end that at spring because that's a natural growing energy. So we'll start things at spring. We'll bring things to an end at the end of fall when winter's coming in so there can be easy transitions and that sort of thing. We don't don't work against the natural energies of the universe. So... Mm -hmm break it all down though we're an astrological uh, group we, we worship uh, depending on where the stars are in the sky at whatever time so if, if it's basically like worshipping a huge clock you know the earth moving through the sky around the sun uh, the seasons turning and us observing how that happens and allowing ourselves to not work against those energies so that's Wicca
7: So
2: So in a lot of ways, Wicca is sort of more aligned towards science than a lot of the larger mainstream religions. Is that a correct assumption?
13: That is a very good assumption. In fact, we know that magic works because we know that quantum mechanics works. And we've observed the quark. And when we observe the quark, we know that the quark does what we expect it to do. When we observe it, we expect it to move left, it moves left. If we expect it to move right, it moves right. So if the subatomic level reacts to our will, then that means ipso facto magic works.
2: Huh. That is really fascinating. I really think that's interesting. Um, And another thing, too, I know you were talking about, you know, keeping projects going or or stopping them according to the seasons and uh, following the natural pattern of the Earth, as it were. Um, That's really interesting. Um, From what uh, and please pardon my ignorance um, next week we are going to be having a holiday special where we're going to include as much as we possibly can um, is Yule a Wiccan practice or a celebration absolutely.
13: absolutely Yule is an Anglo-Saxon shamanistic uh, festival it spans the Celtic uh, tribes as well as the Nordic Asatru Viking tribes and it huh. is absolutely of pagan origin bringing the tree inside so that i mean the bible talks says you can't bring a tree inside so if you actually read the bible what it says i don't remember the exact passage Mm -hmm. that is awesome
1: yeah Ah, Yeah, we're scandinavian and um there was always a yule
13: Mm -hmm. i didn't know what it was (laughs) the the scandinavian faiths if i'm not mistaken uh they not only would bring in a christmas tree but their yule log was this whole ritual like bringing an entire tree inside and starting with the base and putting it in the fireplace and then burning it down slowly throughout the Mm -hmm. season until it was gone i was just learning about that this year that's that's good stuff and then the
1: things that you put on the tree were normally alive i mean or like we had real candles, but there would be fruit, real fruit on the tree and food stuff. That's does that awesome. Have any, does that have anything to do with what you're... I mean, it was all nature type stuff. It was real, or I don't know what you want to call real. I guess an ornament is real, if you can touch it and stuff. But I, what I mean is it was organic.
13: So in in Wicca... Really, everything that you already know about Christmas is sacred and pagan. You know, Santa Claus is one of our gods. We call him the Holly King. You know, originally, Santa Claus wasn't red with white accents. He was green and brown with white Mm -hmm. and red accents because he's supposed to be like the holly tree. You know, he is the the ever abundant energy of the end of the year. What, one of the things that we do in Wicca is we talk about the Oak King-Holly King battle. See, the Oak King is that young, virile male energy that's going out and fertilizing the maidens and taking on the world. And as he gets older, he ends up having to take the place of he who is already in charge. It's the natural progression of man. You know, we rise up and take the place of our fathers. Well, the father is the Holly King, and once the Oak King defeats the Holly King, he becomes the Priest King. And he stays the Priest King until the next Oak King comes up to challenge him. And at that point, he becomes the Holly King, defending what's right and making sure that the young Oak King coming up earns his stripes and can actually sit in his throne once he's gone. Wow. That A lot is of what we cool. have to do with life and death and the transitions of You know, one of the things that we're missing a lot in our American culture are rites of passage, and a lot of what Mm. we do in Wicca are rites of passage and rites of life and rites of death.
1: You know, and that's true. That is so true. You know, instead of saying somebody's died, it's they passed. I mean, you you try to kind of keep it, or they've gone on to meet with their whatever. Um. Instead of just saying, they're gone. You know, they died. Um, And my grandmother was American Indian, so they also felt like being buried was not cool. I mean, a lot of, she felt like you should just be bound in a tree and let the animals get
13: the body. We call that an air burial when you oh. are set out to the air and you, the birds and the animals come get you. If you've ever read um, Neil Gaiman, who is absolutely awesome, uh, he puts a lot of comparative theology. He does the Sandman comics. He wrote American Gods. He wrote the book Coraline that the movie was made off of in Stardust. Oh, cool. And he's just, he's really awesome. He's a comparative theology genius. And oh. he says that there are four types of burial. There's the air burial where you leave things out. Uh, for the animals to come and claim the bodies there's the water burial you know where you send them out to sea there's mm-hmm. the earth burial where you put them in the ground and then there's the fire burial where you cremate them right so I thought that was neat
1: yeah that's pretty cool and theo's here and he's saying
13: hi hey mm-hmm. theo i i have to had to drive into town theo will understand this i live in the mountains and there is no internet right now it's going in and out oh, because of the no. wind oh no Sitting in a parking lot in my Jeep and <laughs> talking to you on my phone.
1: So, oh, bless you. Bless you, bless you for
13: doing this. <laughs> and I've been forward to this since last time. I you guys over at Indie Media Media Weekly are awesome. I've had a great time every time I've gotten the opportunity and honor to come on one of your shows.
1: Oh thank you.
7: Thank oh, yeah. you. And thank we were so, so
1: thrilled to have you. We've had um <clears throat> Like I said, a Taoist that was on and you
13: said that Wiccan is a lot like Taoism. right? Uh, well, I am very um usually the D or the T is pronounced as a D, like oh, Taoist. Taoist, okay. Yeah. So I'm getting my religions
1: mixed up. Hey man. <laughs> It, there's a lot to learn, <laughs>
13: and we're learning because
6: that's why you, that's why I'm sitting here just listening.
13: <laughs> well, I, I'm really happy that I get to come and just jabber my gums and help y'all learn something. That this is my kind of evening.
1: Cool, and and we love to learn.
13: So, and
1: and Theo says, "Hey, Dusty, sorry not to been in touch, <laughs> but that's okay. Love-
10: See you soon."
1: Yeah. He says, See you soon, Theo. <laughs> <laughs> but we love to learn this stuff. And we've had um like I've told you know, told you in our messages back and forth, different religions coming on because we don't feel like anybody that believes or doesn't believe is wrong. It's individual. But Absolutely. we feel like this is our way of spreading peace out into the universe, the more you learn about other people, the more
13: you love other people. So I am a, correct, and I'm a minister, and, you know, I used to say, what does, think, what does that mean, what does that mean, you know, how am I helping people, what what does it mean to be a minister, and the ATC is a very big church, okay, and one of the things you can look it up, is called March on Fort God. It's about the, it's the story of Reverend Terry Michael Riley, and him standing against Jonesboro, Arkansas, back in I believe ninety nine. Might it might have been earlier than that, um, but you can find it online. And Terry is an excellent, excellent guy, like evangelical kind of Wiccan, Southern preacher out of Arkansas, and
2: oh, cool. But,
13: <laughs> He's a trip, and he is absolutely wonderful. And he and I were sitting one day, and he said to me, and I'm going to do my best impression that I can of him for the people that I know that are listening. He said, my job as a minister is not to make you see my vision of God, but to facilitate you finding your vision of God. And that, that changed my whole outlook on what I was doing. And that's what we're, I guess,
1: trying to do. We didn't want to be a liberal show that came on trashing anybody's belief. I think that's awesome. So we've tried really hard bringing other people in that have different views. And I'm kind of at an agnostic type thing, but um, I think I have... Caitlin says she's an agnostic with eclectic pagan leanings and a former Christian. I'm definitely a former Christian. And, um, but my kids tell me that I'm a mix of pagan Judaism and American Indian. But I think the the paganism maybe might be um, linked to the American Indian.
13: Well, I, uh... I don't so know. I so was, I was raised uh, Lutheran. You know, I was born Be Lutheran.
0: And, true.
13: okay, so I don't know about your church, but my church really paved the way for me to find the religion that was right for me. And when I told them I was absolutely pagan, they sent me off with absolutely the best regards. And you know, I still have a positive relationship with them. But I met a woman... Uh, named Reverend Lilith Three Feathers, who taught me about Native American spirituality when I was very young six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And uh, it, I have uh, Algonquin in me on just my my dad's side, uh, almost 10, 10%. So I totally, uh, I don't know if you grok the word grok, it means to understand something in your bones, but mm-hmm. I completely rock that energy of paganism being uh sparked by that native american energy yeah. you know, i believe that god and goddess the energy of the earth the universal all doesn't have a mouth but it created all this so when i see animals i see messages and like ted andrews wrote a really good book called animal speak they can teach you more about that and Uh, I actually wrote a kid's book called My Name is Kernunos that's an animal totem preprimer because I think it's really important to get kids um, seeing that there is a rhyme and reason to the things they see in the world and to be Mm -hmm. able to start hearing that nature is talking to them and that they're they're not apart from nature. They're a part of nature.
1: Exactly.
13: Exactly.
1: And anything that is a lie to me is... You know, part of the universe, and we're all a part of it. And anything that's broken in that circle of life breaks other life.
13: Oh. Yes, so. I agree.
2: Yeah, and something that I was going to say earlier, I really appreciated what you said about. Um, sadly, his name escapes me, but the uh, uh, the Terry. Yes, thank you so much. Um Terry Riley. W- yes, Terry Riley. Um what what he said about, you know, it's it's his his job to facilitate your your you finding your your own spirituality, your own god. Um I'm a Christian, but I am a Christian uh mysticist, which uh yeah, d- doesn't get a lot of uh of play nowadays, unfortunately, and it does not exactly make me a favorite of many fundamentalists uh who <laughs> Uh, compile the majority of the Christian faith around me. So, um, <laughs> you know, uh, finding somebody that that believes in that, that believes that you know that spirituality is a personal experience, that it's something that you should uh, find and and deal with of your own accord, and that the truth that you find is your own truth. I think is a very beautiful thing. So, I just want to compliment you for that. I think that that is a wonderful philosophy.
13: Well, thank you, and I just want to say that you know. Jesus said that you will not find the kingdom of heaven within four walls. And then a bunch of people took what he said and said, you can only find it in four walls. And I think what he meant was exactly that, that the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God is found within your heart and within you. Absolutely. It's divine. Your reality is divine. And you know... That's another thing that we teach, at least in our church. I don't know if it's a Wicca-wide concept, but we teach relative truth. And relative truth says that my truth is whole and holy. And just because your truth doesn't line up with my truth, it doesn't make me wrong, and it doesn't make you wrong. The example that I like to use is both you and I – Jonathan, okay, let's say both you and I go into the military. Same time, okay? We go to the same boot camp we stay in the same bunks we like literally you sleep in the top bunk i sleep in the bottom bunk that's the only difference you and i have this entire time okay same people in our lives but when it's over with you feel like you have been raked over the coals you see the seedy underbelly of what the military truly is and you go awol okay i on the other hand same experience found out that it's exactly what I wanted to do. I My opinion just aligns perfectly with the military, and I end up becoming a four-star general. What was the difference in those scenarios?
2: Self-discovery.
13: Exactly. Yep. Exactly. It's the same with spirit.
2: Yep. I agree 100% with that. And I really wish that more people felt that way. Um, I know that there's a, a tendency um, amongst militant atheists. And, uh, I'm, I'm going to preface this by saying that I don't have a problem with atheists. If you don't believe in anything, that is great because that is your truth and that is how you should live your life. Um, but I know that a lot of militant atheists that like to have conversations with people that are either spiritual or religious, like to point out various things. Um, like for instance, that a lot of the stories within the bible are just uh you know recurrences from other religions or other faith traditions which is true um but i've always liked to look at it as the similarities being evidence of the fact that whatever higher power there may be um has just pro- chosen to present itself to everyone in a way that's more comfortable and familiar to them
13: Oh, I think that there's a lot of truth in that. So in Wicca, I was saying we are astrologically based. Astrologically based Earth worshippers is a good way to put it. So part of being astrologically based is we see the movement of the sun and the stars, and we have crafted stories. Not us in Wicca, but us as people have crafted stories. About this. If you, there's this thing on YouTube called Zeitgeist. A lot of it is about 9 11 propaganda and stuff like that. But the part mm-hmm. that I would focus on is that there's a part about the rising of the sun and the hanging on the cross, where the sun itself, literally in the sky, there is a uh, constellation called the Southern Cross. And right around Easter time, It sits in the sky, low, and the sun hits the same spot on that cross for three days. And after the third day, it rises a bit above the cross and starts going up. And so many of us believe that that was the beginning of the sun rising from the cross because it goes back to Odin hanging on the tree. Mm. It goes back to Horus hung on the cross. I mean, it, it goes back... You know, further than Jesus. So where did it come from? Well, originally, we only had three gods. One of them was the earth we walked on. One of them was the sun that came up, and the other one was the moon that followed it. And so many of our stories came from those three things. And we have been able to, because when you observe a quark, it does what you expect it to. We have crafted a world where that same story has played out over and over and over again because it is the divine story that helps man realize that they're going to transition from the eastern gate where the sun comes up over the horizon to the western gate where it will eventually set
2: that is beautiful i love it that I will ha- definitely have to watch that but uh, yeah that that absolutely speaks to the point of what I you know was was uh, saying there that that repetition that occurs in so many faiths i i, I don't think it's on accident you know it's, no, it's I don't think so. yeah it's it's a beautiful thing and it means that we are all part of the same uh you know energy and that we should all love each other and get along at the end of the day um
1: um i was just going to say one thing my sister came back she's been grading papers and she started talking about the book from that Irish priest that you were talking about, quantum, quantum theology, and tells about how Copernicus changed the church by understanding that the sun was the creator yeah. or the center. And Newton's mechanics followed with quantum physics. Our view of God needs to change again. Oh, there you go.
13: Yeah, I there's um. Have you seen What the Bleep Do We Know? No, I haven't. I have not. Oh, okay. It's an excellent movie. What the bleep do we know? And it talks about a lot of this stuff. Uh, one of the things in it uh, supposedly has been debunked about the Fujiwara dam water experiment, which you'll see when you, if you watch the the movie. Um, but a lot of the things in it are, uh, it's all quantum mechanics. It's about perception and when you start getting into these upper echelons of quantum physicists, it sounds more like you're talking to Deepak Chopra than you are Neil deGrasse Tyson. You know, these people become very esoteric. The more that they learn about quantum mechanics, the more they realize we have no idea what is behind what we're doing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so. Joe said another good movie is Mind Walk. I have not seen that one, but I am writing it down right now on my wonderful Sam, Samsung note.
1: Yeah, Sam Sam Watterson Sam Waterston and Mindwalk. Mindwalk.
13: Excellent.
2: Very cool. All right. So, uh, right now, unfortunately, we do have to cut to a very short break, but we will be right back. And, uh, Mr. Dion, if you don't mind, I would love to discuss Riffro with you.
13: I'm excited.
2: Excellent. All right. Well, we're going to go to a break real quick. Everybody stay tuned for more here on Southern Progressive Revival.
3: You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival.
1: We're the people you see every day in the grocery stores. We obey the laws. We pay our taxes. We fly our flags on holidays. And we plot along trying to make it better for ourselves and our children
3: Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio.
9: This is Michael Ash Sharbaugh, host of the Broken Doorway Indie Music Show on Indie Media Weekly Radio, accompanied by producer Kim Williams, proprietor of Indie Media Weekly and host of Inside Indie Media Weekly. I have the esteemed pleasure to bring you a series of interviews with some of the exciting indie artists featured on Indie Media Weekly Radio and the Broken Doorway Radio Show. Eleven thirty a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Saturdays and Wednesdays after the Broken Doorway, and eleven thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Tuesdays after Kim Williams Inside Indie Media Weekly. This is the Spoken Doorway. Enter. walk with me, Michael S. Sharpa, through the Broken Doorway, where you will discover the freshest in pop, rock, psychedelic, ambient, and experimental musics, 11 a.m. Saturdays and Wednesdays, and only on IndieMediaWeekly.com.
4: Light out, everybody.
10: Declare your independence and reject corporate media. This is Indie Media Weekly, your number one source for independent media.
3: You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival. And knowing the world as I do, I can tell you without any equivocation
8: that the number one abuse of human rights on Earth is strangely... Not addressed quite often is the abuse of women and girls.
3: Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio.
2: All right, everybody. Welcome back to the final half hour of Southern Progressive Revival. I am, as always, your host, Jonathan Matthews. And uh, since he is our guest, I will welcome him back first, uh, Mr. Dusty Dion. Welcome back, sir. Hello,
10: everybody. It's glad to be here. Yes,
2: thank you so much. And, of course, joining us, as always, are Mr. Joey Word from Nashville, Tennessee.
6: Hello, my fellow southerners.
2: Yeah, glad to hear you in that phrase again.
1: And
2: <laughs> Ms., our very own Ms. Producer, Ms. Janet Lee from Lake of the Ozarks area, Missouri.
1: Howdy, everybody. And Sister Joe, love you, just in case things get fast at the end. There you go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, we all love you, Sister Joe. And thank you very much for listening. Um, so, Rifra. We discussed it uh, very shortly on a prior episode, but as a refresher, uh, would you like to go over the loss or would you like one of us to?
13: Um well Rifra, the original RIFRA was the Religious Freedom Restoration Act signed by our illustrious president Bill Clinton in nineteen ninety three to give Native Americans the right to smoke peyote and use peyote without going to jail. It also had longer-reaching effects that allowed uh, people to be sure that they were able to worship. Uh, All religions were able to worship uh, without substantial burden put on them. If I've missed anything, then please.
2: (laughs) Uh, Nope, I believe that that covers it for the original. So
13: the new ones... Are bastardizations yeah. of the original law, which was put together with the purest intents, and because of the again bastardization that's going on through these local rifras, they're actually talking about repealing the federal rifra, which uh, kind of makes you wonder if that was their plan in the first place. But I, I'm not paranoid. People are just following me, you know. So. <laughs> nope
2: i completely understand that sentiment um yeah the one in georgia in particular and i i don't know that it's changed any significant amount since we've we since when we last reported on it but um you know what it potentially opened the door for the abuses of uh The open abusing of women in the name of religion, Uh, you know, basically anything that you could possibly think of. Um, uh, I mean, of course, you know that in the mind of the legislatures, it was meant as a way to give Christians more freedom. But you, being the genius that you are, and one of the reasons I was very excited to talk to you, was that you had a uh, interpretation of how this law could benefit Wiccans.
7: Yeah, I did. I love this.
13: I just want, I have to back up just a second, because you said you didn't realize kind of what the ATC, the Aquarian Tabernacle Church, had done. We were founded by a man named Reverend Pierre Pete Pathfinder Davis. And Reverend Davis passed away this year. He was born on Ostara, which is our holiday of life, and he died on Samhain, which is our holiday of death pretty intense oh wow but uh he he fought for pagan rights tooth and nail the whole time that he had a church he helped sue the government along with selena fox and a couple other people to get pagans the right to have pentacles on their tombstones atheists had the right to have uh their symbol on their tombstone which is an atom but pagans didn't have the right to have theirs he also sued the uss chandler uh, well, he helped a man sue the USS Chandler so that uh, Navy were allowed to have pagan circles while deployed on battleships. So, I mean, we've had a long history of fighting this kind of stuff. The, most, the one that aligns most with this is he put out these tracks. Do you guys remember Chick Tracks? Those Unfortunately. Horrible <laughs> those horrible Christian tracks? Okay. Yep. So Pete started his own tracks. We have one called The Other People. It talks about how there were other people on the planet when Adam and Eve came about, according to the Bible, and that pagans are descended from them and don't have original sin. And then the other one is called Heathens Idolize School Prayer that he put out to combat the we need to have prayer in school. He was like, sure, prayer in school is great. Here's our list of prayers we demand that you do. So I followed suit. I read this law because somebody wrote me and said – you have to check this lot. I lived in Georgia for a decade, which I appreciate uh, living in Georgia because I believe it gave me the most genteel of the accents. But that's just my opinion. But of course, oh. sir. So. <laughs> 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 yeah, right into that. Oh, yeah. good. <laughs> so
1: and I, also, I live- while we have a quick break here, oh, Bruce excellent. got up out of bed. He was listening. He, what was the first movie that you talked about that you referenced? He wrote down. The mind walk, but he didn't get your other movie.
13: Oh, it's called What the Bleep Do We Know?
1: Oh, okay. What the bleep do we know? Okay.
13: Yes, ma'am. So, um, should I keep talking? Yes, Yes. please. I'm sorry. No, no, that's okay. You said a a quick break. I wasn't sure if we had a commercial. Okay, so um, a friend called me and said, you need to check this out. It's going to be able to be used to harm gay people. And so... They said, you're part of the ATC, maybe you can do something. I was like, well, I can't really do something for for gay people, but maybe I can look at it and do something. Because the ATC is a religious organization, not like a gay youth group or a LGBTQ group that has sway in that direction. So I looked at it and realized that it was so broad that it was going to give any religion that used it the ability to do whatever they wanted it was the most radically dangerous thing that I'd ever seen get passed by one half of the voting body of a state so I wrote this letter with citation and I said these are the lines line by line that are going to let us worship naked outside um, (laughs) marry people have multiple person (laughs) weddings Uh, I threw in a bit about a horse which is the only part anybody remembers and was the biggest joke in the whole thing (laughs) But it got people listening, and once they were listening, I was able to tell them the real message, bluntly, which is these laws were eroding our Constitution. We already have these protections. And so I wrote this letter about thank you for making Georgia the first Wiccan state to every senator and senator's aide in the entire state of Georgia. I sent it to the AJC. I sent it everywhere. And I'm going to tell you what, you cannot batch send things to senators in this country. You have to do it one at a time and you have to put a captcha for each one. They don't make it easy. So it took me all day. And uh, I found out because it never came out, it never got put out somewhere before I saw this. There is a blue dog woman who is a blue dog Democrat lady who has a blog who is not a blue dog Democrat. She is a Republican in disguise. Because that information never came out, but she wrote an article about it. And I didn't, I just know it. So, uh, I did, here's a quick funny uh, tidbit. I did not know that McCoon was the one that had sponsored it. And while I was sending these, I was like, I came across his name and said, of course Georgia has a McCoon. <laughs> and he was the one that sponsored it. So it, I just got another email from a friend of mine. He is, the, um, he is the high summoner of the Canadian Aquarian Tabernacle Church, I believe is his official designation. But he wrote me and said, you need to check this out. George is doing it again. And I was like, no way, this is old. And I looked at it, and no, it's not old. They're trying to push it through again. And so I looked at it because I was going to write another letter, which I did that I also sent to every senator and uh, representative and aide in Georgia just a month ago, and the bill didn't change. I didn't have to change any of my line-by-line citation in the letter. I just had to resend it. That's terrifying.
1: Wow. Wow. Mm. Well, did you hear about the one and <clears throat> they did something like that in Oklahoma. <clears throat> so when I read that, that your letter – I thought, oh, thank God, because Oklahoma tried to pull something like that and they put a bail, which is that atheist? Mm-hmm. Out on the Baal? courtyard? Or, yeah. Oh,
13: B A A L? Yeah. No, that's not it's atheist, it's Satanist. Oh, Satanist. Well, well, I'm pretty sure that he is a, like a Christian demon type thing, so they, they consider him, I don't know. I think that. I don't know about if it was ball. I think it's pronounced ball, by the way. I thought that it was a uh, Baphomet.
2: I think it was Baphomet.
13: I'm pretty sure. Baphomet is the winged, breasted, uh, goat-horned, and legged demon. But it wasn't originally a demon. It got co-opted into being a demon. Like they do. Yeah. I actually thought that was brilliant. Uh and man, Oklahoma really kept it up till the last second. Oh, didn't <laughs> they? Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Those people... about... Oh sorry. No, I was just gonna say those people just
1: don't give up.
13: No, and in fact, uh, I was just reading about Indiana on my way when I was waiting for the Indiana. call to start. Yeah, Indiana mm-hmm. passed their rifra. They passed yeah. it earlier in the year. They passed it with verbiage that says this cannot be used to discriminate against anybody. They put that verbiage in. So it is a decent law. You know, it doesn't really subjugate one person over the other unless you believe in the Indiana Family Association uh, or the Indiana Family Association and... American Family Association, Indiana Family Institute and American Family Association who have said that it subjugates Christians and huh. discriminates against them because the verbiage doesn't allow them to discriminate against people their religion says they should be allowed to discriminate against. Oh wow. What the hell? Two days ago.
1: Do they have a maze that we could all walk through? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Or trampoline,
13: they just keep jumping and flipping on. Yeah. Uh, 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 I don't know. I find it to be painful. I think that every time that you try to take away something from someone else, you should sit back and think about what those people would try to take away from you, and then you should just not try to subjugate other folks. But that's why I loved,
1: loved, loved your letter. I just kept reading that and I thought, "Oh, yes, oh my God, this is so good.
10: I'm really
13: happy that you guys got a lot out of it and that you liked it. It is, you know, I have a grandfather who um, I don't see very often and that is kind of an even an understatement and he got a hold of me when that was all over with and he was like, I saw what you did in Georgia. And, And what did he think about it? Oh, he was very proud of me. He's a he's a very uh accomplished man. He's he holds 6 different patents. Um most of which involve powder coating electronics, but one of them is also for the arm that paints cars. And he uh he lives in very nice places all over the country and I don't ever get to see him. So it was good.
2: That's awesome. And he—I I would have been proud of you, too. I <laughs> I have to tell you, the whole time that I read this, I was just laughing, laughing to death, because it's just so brilliant. It's, it's not that it's even
7: Perfect.
2: really, you know, it, it's—I mean, it, it's funny in a sense, but, you know, in another way, it, it shows um, what fundamentalist politicians are attempting to accomplish is ultimately going to go against their aims, which is, you know, further— entrenching the country and putting down uh religious minorities. Um but yeah, it's great. I mean uh like like you mentioned you you spoke out about the fact that uh if the law passed that Wiccan's relationships in Georgia, known commonly as polyamorous relationships, would now have the legal right to marry. Um that any children throw from...
13: out that they're not necessarily Wiccan marriages. Mm. Wiccans just often are open two multiple person relationships okay go on sorry to interrupt
2: Mm -hmm. oh no 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 problem at all um and uh, of course that any children that were uh, a part of that marriage would have to be covered under the same um health plan and that they would have to be given the same tax benefits as a uh what uh, we as a society consider typical monogamous relationship yeah um let's see uh number... Oh gosh, I'm trying to remember all of them off the top of my head and I'm not... I should just look at it. Um, oh yes, that uh Wiccans believe in magic and intent. It is the belief of our people that we do not allow someone to have our hair, saliva, urine, skin, nail clippings, teeth, bones, or any other part, excretion, fluid growth, or any other possible matter that may come from our bodies.
13: That's right. Yep. That's right. The, some guy that wrote for the AJC uh... Wrote an article on this and said, "If this is a hoax, it's an elaborate one." People. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is the best thing. It is. <laughs> well, okay, so we have a very special designation. Our five o. Our um, what is it? Our tax exemption is an umbrella tax exemption, which they there are so few of them that the number it. We just have very. Uh, there are not many of them. There's, you know, the Catholic Church has one, the Mormon Church has one, the Vatican, you know, has one, and in the in paganism, in Wicca specifically, only we have one. What an umbrella or exemption allows is for we can make churches and non or tax exempt entities apart from the church or the government. They don't have to go through the government. They can go through us and we give them the paperwork, and they file it, and they become a tax-exempt entity. Well, the government really listens to people that have this designation, and so it is what the, I I would almost say uniquely, but it's not unique, uh, very rare, uh, lets us have their ear, and they listen to us, because when they open up their bureaucracy red tape book, our name's in it.
2: There you Uh, go. That's
13: why I'm able to write a letter like that and they give it the consideration they do. Even though at the time, most people didn't know who I was, Mm -hmm. who I was. Most people didn't know who I am. And most people, a lot of people didn't know who the ATC was, but the government does. And that's what's important.
2: Yep. Absolutely. As long as you can get heard at the end of the day. Um, But as far as uh, the, the RFRA in Georgia is concerned, um i know you said that it's come up again has has it actually passed has it been signed into law or is it still just being kicked around
13: it's still being kicked around McCoon is putting it is trying to put it through again i think he's got a a couple new backers uh supporting the bill but it's not going to get anywhere
1: are they going to wait until the end of the session to vote on it or is he going to try to pull this bathroom thing where everybody's in the bathroom
13: (laughs) (laughs) that's what they did with one of them (laughs) I know I forgot about that so (laughs) what I read was that they were trying to put it through again I wrote the letter to everybody and I cannot tell you that there is a correlation but when I went to look for stuff today there's nothing I can't Uh find anything anywhere and them putting it through uh, and I I read and reread and reread the information that my friend sent me because I didn't want to sit for another forty-eight hours and write all of the people in the government. But I ended up doing it, and it's gone, mostly. But I, so I don't know. Maybe they're just keeping it hush hush. I don't think they expected for the voice that I put out to topple what they were doing the way that it did, mm-hmm. and so, um. I think they're trying to keep it as quiet as possible this time.
2: No one expects the Wiccan Inquisition.
7: <laughs>
13: <laughs> and poke people with wands and that'd be awesome. Hitting folks with cauldrons.
1: That'd oh,
2: yeah, be amazing.
1: Theo <laughs> said they were just in the bathroom reliving their high school memories and then he goes, Sorry, my bad. Feeling snotty. <laughs> <laughs>
13: John Cleese would have to be there.
2: Yes, indeed.
13: (laughs) I want their help in the Wiccan Inquisition.
2: Yes.
13: (laughs) Your first fundamentalist, there's a Wiccan Inquisition. Yes, it's it's coming. coming.
7: It is coming.
1: (laughs) But I did try to look, you know, too, because I had been following this. Because I just think this is just so awful. And it's like everything's disappeared.
13: Isn't that weird? So so glad to know it's not just me. Yep.
1: And (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm thinking that we're going to have another bathroom stunt. I hope not. Or something.
13: (laughs) All jokes aside, if they pass a law that they think is going to give carte blanche rights to white christians i'm just telling you right now i am going to be telling the pagans in the especially the wiccans in those states to do these things to get in trouble with their local authorities to go to court to get the their innocence put on the books because the law will be in their favor and once that happens it will be cemented that they have those rights now i don't want that to be the case. that's going to be what I suggest for people to do because I'm not going to suggest that my people roll over and allow themselves to be kicked, burned, tortured one more time. And you can say, oh, the torture and whatnot historically didn't happen X, Y, Z in the way that we think that it did. But it did happen. You go through the Raymond Buckland Museum. You can see the implements of torture that were used on those people that they thought were witches. Mm -hmm. And that shit ain't happening again. No, sir. And Caitlin says if they're covering stuff up, it means
1: they're afraid and they have something to hide. And, um, so, yeah, I, I, it is. I'm I'm glad that you're on top of it. I'm sorry for cussing.
7: No, 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 you're fine. You should have heard
1: me (laughs) earlier. I was kind of glad you got on when you got on and you didn't hear me talking about one of our previous <laughs> stories <that gasps> made Jonathan blush.
2: <laughs> Just a little bit. Yep.
1: It had something to do with uh, banning gays and women that
13: have had sex from one of these
1: colleges.
13: Okay, yeah. so I I completely don't agree with them, but 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 if and and I'm I'm a big fan of of the law when it when it's not something that's hurting people, okay? Like, overtly going out to hurt people. And this might not be popular, and I'm sorry. No, if fine. you are a Christian school, you take no government funds whatsoever. You get to make up your laws secularly at the school. It's it's part of the law of the land. And so, but you are going trying... to... Yes, ma'am? But,
1: if they're getting Title IX funding which is what they're trying to do they're trying to get an exemption from title 9 funding that me and they're taking federal funding then they don't have the right to do this because you are absolutely right because they said the lawyer said they had to get an exemption from title 9 which tells
13: me they're getting federal funding yeah no you're you're right if they're taking in even a penny of federal dollars they cannot discriminate based on their religious values.
7: Mm-hmm.
13: That is that is absolutely the crux right there.
2: Yep. And that's what yep. gets me. And, uh, you know, the... <sighs> Gosh. And I'm glad that you... Ac- I'm actually really glad that you brought up the funding part because something that, that really uh <sighs> goads me are churches that get so openly involved in politics and use it as a way to put in politicians that are trying to take away the religious rights of of religious minorities and they still get to keep their tax exempt status they're they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing according to their own doctrine as a faith organization
13: i have read a lot about this because i both um work in a church and a religious organization Mm -hmm. and i'm on here talking about politics right now Mm -hmm. right but you're not
2: trying to take away anybody's rights you know
13: that is correct. That mm. is correct. So religious people can talk about all the relig- all the politics they want, not on the pulpit. Mm. And I learned, and this is scary, and I do not practice this, you can spend up to 10% of your sermon time. Spe- it, you'll have to look it up. It's, it's really difficult to find this information. But the consensus is you can talk to between uh, 5 and 10% of your actual sermon time endorsing a candidate now i don't agree with it i don't agree with it but only if that candidate if you're talking about like if i were to say hey we should vote for xyz because his stance on environmental issues really falls in line with paganism he Mm -hmm. wants to save the rainforests
7: Mm -hmm.
13: i can say that i don't think that you should but because it aligns with the religious rights that I, or the religious ideas that I have, I can say more. The thing that's more palatable that they often do is they say, um, there was a vote today on, uh, you know, abortion clinics. This person, this person, this person voted for it. This person, this person, this person voted against it. We love those little babies, so let's make sure we take care of them. Now, they never told you to vote for somebody, but they mm-hmm. influenced it. they influenced you in some way and told you what they thought. You know, yep. they aligned the candidate with your beliefs. Mm-hmm. You can spend up to 10% of your time doing that without getting in trouble. Uh, wow. I know. I know. It's, it's insane. I don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't because either if I were you. <laughs> I, I think it's inappropriate. I, I think it's care. inappropriate. I, I try even not to post, you know, the memes on my personal Facebook page. Some, I mean, I do sometimes. I can't mm-hmm. help it. When I get into the height of politics season, I have to put a disclaimer on my Facebook that says it's my personal <laughs> page because I get very political. Mm-hmm. So I can't help that. My, I'm related to Arthur Middleton, and he signed the Declaration of Independence. So very it's cool. just in my blood.
2: Oh, that's awesome. Well, I hate to say this, but it is now 10 p.m., which means that we have run out of time for the night. Um, I loved this. It was... This is it, a great show. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, really, Dusty, I want to thank you so much, and I would like to uh, extend an invitation to you anytime you would like to be on the show. You are more than welcome to be here.
13: Oh, I will absolutely be taking you up for that, because I am going to be having uh, my own podcast coming out, and I'm going to want to talk all about it when it does. Very awesome. cool.
2: Well, we will pimp you to death then. <laughs>
7: <laughs> I, I pimp well. I pimp well. Very, very good.
2: All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us again. And uh, since you are our guest, I will uh, allow you to say your parting words uh, to, uh, you know, mention anything that you would like to or uh, whatever you would like to say.
13: Um, like you know, all heard, I'm Dusty Dion. I'm with the Aquarian Tabernacle Church. Uh, We throw two festivals a year. Hakate Sickle Festival, which is a Celtic death festival where we explore the many faces of the goddess and worship together. It's a lot of fun. The other one is the Spring Mysteries Festival, which is a recreation of the Eleusinian Mysteries, which is the longest running unbroken uh, pilgrimage in human history. It went for two millennia before Christ and a millennia after him. Uh, We do that over Easter every year. Uh, You can find all of our stuff at uh, A-T-C-I-N-T-L which is our Facebook designation Quarry Tabernacle Church International and I think that's it I really appreciate you guys this is a lot of fun and I cannot wait to come back
2: yes and we cannot wait to have you thank you so much again and you have a great evening sir
13: you too, bye thanks bye bye
2: alright so uh, with final words I will move next to Ms. Janet
1: well, good night, everybody. Love you, Sister Joe. And again, it was an awesome night. And thank you, everyone, for being here.
2: All right. And Mr. Joey Word.
6: Uh, I learned a little things tonight, and that was pretty cool. And, Dusty, thank you for being on the show. You taught me a little bit. I may read up on some of that. And uh, I'd like to thank you, Jonathan and Janet, my, my wonderful, wonderful, wonderful co-hosts. I'd <laughs> like to thank everybody in the chat room and everyone who's listening. I love you all. And y'all have a great, great, great a great week.
2: Yes, indeed. All right. And from me, your host, Jonathan, I would like to thank you all for listening, whether it was live or via our podcast. It is a pleasure, as always, if you were in the chat. Thank you for being there and for interacting with Janet and Joey for I am not a multitasker. Uh Join us next week on December the 20th, Sunday, we will be having our holiday special. We will be discussing a myriad of Uh, different traditions from uh, various religions, so that should be extremely interesting and fun. Uh, Then, of course, we will be off the following Sunday in observance of the Christian holiday, since all three of us here are uh, either Christian or former Christian. Uh, But anyway, with all that said, I hope that you all have a wonderful week ahead. Please remember to always listen to Southern Progressive Revival every Sunday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern here on Indie Media Weekly. Have a great night, y'all. Goodbye.
11: you
6: go. Thank you so much. I
2: appreciate it. That's wonderful to
10: see
11: you. Well, yes, right.
10: Great. You come back and see me, you hear? Good night, Mama. Good night, Ben. Good night, everyone. Good night,
3: Mama. Good night, Daddy. Good night, children. Good
0: night, Daddy. Good night, Elizabeth. Good night, John Boy. Good night, Kim Bob. Good night, Kim Bob. Good night, Kim Bob.